After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> so mad. That that's a great team name. You want to hear mine, or I guess the the uh, our league, what it's called? Uh, please. <laughs> Putin's puck buddies. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yep. Yep. Uh, is our, we are the Hattrick Swayze Memorial Cup. <laughs> that's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, I like that. That's one. pretty good. Yeah, let's get some light. Uh, boom. All right. Are we ready? Yep. Oh, yeah. We are live. If that's how we look at that, welcome to the Hockey Podcast as we are one day away from the start of the regular season. And I'm just going to quickly touch wood that we are there, but we're there. It looks good uh, as uh, as we begin the regular season. Lots of things are happening, uh, but you can follow us on Twitter at podcast underscore hockey facebook.com the hockey podcast youtube.com the hockey podcast where you can watch us live and hit a subscribe and a like and of course you can subscribe on audio when this podcast is over over on apple spotify google or wherever you get your podcasts and as i said it's happy hockey eve hello sean hello kevin how are you feeling uh i was good until about was it an hour ago or two hour uh, two hours ago when the the bombshell dropped that uh, the Canucks are going to be without JT Miller on this uh, on this road trip at the very least because of us uh, what looks like to be some COVID precautions? Yeah, yeah, we'll get into that. It's uh, that that was quite something. Uh, Devin, hello. Hey, Kev. I'm uh, I'm very happy and excited that uh, tomorrow. Uh, at this time, though, there will be at least four, almost five games that are going to be playing. And holy fuck, it's been, it feels like years since we've had hockey. So I, I, I'm very much looking forward to tomorrow. It's been since September, so October, November. It's been four months. Doesn't feel like that. It's it's <laughs> weird. And hello, we, we are going to be talking about the, the others. Hello, Graham. Awesome, Hi, handsome. How are you? It's Great. so nice. To, it's so nice to see all your wonderful faces again. 
it's great to have you on. Uh, but you know what? It's really weird. I was. It's actually not. Is it's a little bit longer than usual, isn't it? I think by a smidge since the last game was over. Um, but you know, I think it's like a it's a classic cliche of the COVID world of time is everything and nothing all at all at once. So. I, you know, it's also like I got, got. I realized yesterday was was the anniversary of the Matthew Kachuk turtle game, and and that breaks my brain. Cassian hit game. Uh, you know, you know, I will I will stick with the words that I said, and I will I will willfully ignore the fact that it was on the following power play that we lost the game. I'm not going to I'm not going to acknowledge that very strong fact. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> that one, that one. It's it's all depends on how how you see it. But yes, it was one year ago, and then it was that was the whole that was that whole storm for a couple of weeks. And yeah, then- that was that was that was so much fun because uh, my partner and I uh, we had went to the gone to the Oilers Flames first game of the season on Boxing Day, I think it was. And like I was all excited, I had a new jersey, and and we got just pasted, and it was among the most unpleasant hockey experiences I had. Because I remember we were sitting in front of this kid who was just like you could tell he was like eighteen or nineteen, and had like gotten his first credit card because he came back with like four Rogers Place pints every TV timeout, and it just got like more and more unpleasant to sit by him. So like. That sticks in my memory. And then all the fights happened after that. So we didn't even get to go to the really fun games. Yes. Yes. That was that was something. And that was the night I came into town into Calgary. That was the that was just before we did our our pubcast at the beginning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, all, it all sort of blends together, I think, for me. Yeah. Yeah. And then 2020 went to shit. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, where do we want to start? Do we want to start with kind of some of the news, or do we want to um, start with the Oilers? Let's start with the Oilers. Let's let's uh, let's start with the spicy stuff. <laughs> Why do I feel like I'm about to be put on blast for my behavior <laughs> in Devin and Sean's appearance last uh, last week on the Oilers YYC podcast? <laughs> I'm not going to put anybody on blast. <laughs> <laughs> the only take that I deeply disagreed with, though, was the take that that was an embarrassing playoff loss for the like that was the most embarrassing playoff loss for the Flames because that will always be 1988. No matter how you look at, no matter how you look at it, it's 1988. Um, I wasn't alive, so that's fair. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, sure. and, that, and that's why I didn't have I wasn't alive either so that's yeah. why I didn't have any takes about that <laughs> other than I just I knew that that was just an unbelievably ridiculous take when I heard it but once again I had to remind myself that it was on an Oilers podcast so it makes sense. okay it wasn't like alright come down there I love Toronto and Calgary um Oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> I, mean, I don't. I, I don't think. I don't think Dave was totally out of line because I think it was a pretty embarrassing loss. I mean, that final game, and not the whole series, but just that one final game, um, Calgary cratered, and it's it's so indicative of of I think 
where the flames are going to be going and are going to have to go in the next couple of years when your only kind of emotional driver is Matthew Kachuk. And when he's gone, the team, you know, it's, I, I, I hate the, I hate, I hate with a passion the, well, well, your team's not good. Um, without your best player. I'm like, yeah, of course it's fucking not. What is it? Yeah, yeah. Crosby <laughs> not on the Penguins. The Penguins are going to suck more. And as the best player on the Flames, like the Flames suck more when Matthew Kachuk's not there. That's just kind of a fact. But it's it's definitely kind of of indicative to me that that the Flames need to kind of add to to the kind of players around him that can emotionally drive a game. Um, you know, Milan Lucic can like hit stuff. That's cool. Uh, good for him. When he gets there. <laughs> Um, it's, uh, uh, um, but, uh, you know, even players that can, don't have to fight to emotionally drive a game. You know, you have a guy like Andrew Bonciapani, who's such like a honey badger and so vicious, uh, when, when he gets in the four check, I, I just wish there was a few more people that could kind of pull Calgary into the game a little bit more, uh, aside from Matthew Kachuk. So, you know, from that kind of lackluster focus, yeah, the loss is, is a little embarrassing in that final game. Is it as embarrassing as losing to a team that shouldn't have been in the playoffs when all of their good players were, you know, 35 and Corey Crawford suddenly got really good again? Uh, I'll say that's a little bit more embarrassing. Um, but, you know, still, <laughs> it's not good. And, and like, as the person that was alive in 1988 and just remembering everything that was like, that team was built to beat the Oilers. That team was destined to win the cup. They won the president's trophy. They, they whipped the Oilers a number of times last year. And the Oilers even said, yeah, the flames are the favorites and they got swept. So to me, it's never like for me as a flames follower, it's never going to be not, it's never going to be nothing more than 88. Like that will not be beaten. Even when you blow a three, one lead to the Canucks uh, in 94, that still doesn't beat what happened. <laughs> that still doesn't, it doesn't beat it because that team was built for the Stanley Cup. And when it really comes down to really embarrassing moments, I think it's more so like people, like teams can have off games. They can have off games whenever. You yeah. never know whenever, not when that's going to happen. When, when they have an embarrassing series, I think that's where my head went. Colorado, a couple of years ago, that was more embarrassing yeah. than that one loss. Of, yeah, well, uh, that, that series was so weird, too, because, like, M- Mike Smith went into God mode and and kept that series from being a sweep. And so, like, even in Mike Smith's first year as an oiler, I was like, hey, maybe he'll go God mode for a couple for a couple games. And like he totally did. I mean, Edmonton last year had um, had 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 uh, average goaltending to above average goaltending throughout the entire regular season with the exception of, of one really bad month um, during the regular season, goaltending wasn't, wasn't the Oilers problem. Uh, <laughs> and then in the playoffs, the entire team just forgot to show up. So, um, you know, when it comes to an Oilers or this kind of preview for, for tomorrow, uh, it, it begins and ends with Miko Koskinen, who's like an okay goalie. He's not, he's not garbage. Uh, he's not amazing. But, you know, I mean, last year it's, it's cherry picking some numbers, but, you know, Jacob Markstrom pulling a 918 with a 275 uh, for Vancouver, Miko Koskinen still a 275 and a 917. So statistically super similar, 
Markstrom faced a lot more high danger chances, which I think is really key uh, in, in that kind of run. Um, but, you know, if Miko Koskin can kind of hold up where he is, I don't know if there's as much to be concerned about. Um, Mike Smith playing is a horror show often <laughs> until he goes into God mode. So, you know, and, and the Oilers losing our, our number three goaltender who I legitimately thought was going to play probably 10 games this season. Uh, Anton Forsberg going back to Carolina. So losing that organizational number three, I think is a lot more worrisome than I think some folks are giving it credit for. Because uh, especially when you have uh, a, a player like like Mike Smith, who's so hot and cold, you know, you need to have that third person in because it's been proven when Miko Koskinen plays a lot. He's ah, not very good. Mm, you really got to moderate those minutes. Rightfully yeah, so. Losing losing uh, Anton Forsberg, I think, is is huge um, because you don't have uh, <clears throat> you don't have the confidence in Mike Smith. And you never, and you never know when when this when this COVID monster is going to hit. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And you know, our our third string organizational goalie right now is Stuart Skinner, whose biggest claim to fame was scoring a goalie goal for the Lethbridge Hurricanes. <laughs> with what I still think, go find that goal call because uh, the guy that announced it, bless him, the octave of his voice, that man shattered windows with how high his voice got when that goalie scored. Uh, it's a good, it's a good highlight to find. So yeah, he's not going to be the third string goalie. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Oilers put in a claim in, um, Nijdevic. It's a hard name to pronounce. Uh, the, the guy that just got put on waivers from Carolina, uh, who helped the Charlotte checkers, uh, win a, did I say Charlotte? The Charlotte checkers <laughs> win, uh, win a Calder cup in the AHL at some point. So, um, eh still not not great so i'm just as someone whose gm is ken holland good god if we have to put up with jimmy howard as our third string goalie that's uh oh boy oh dear my that is that still is a possibility isn't it oh boy yes it most definitely (laughs) i mean well is is it is it worse than Stuart skinner I mean, I would honestly, I don't know, maybe perhaps like Stuart Skinner's never played an NHL game. He's, he was drafted three years ago and, and so far he's not panning out super great. Like the Oilers, you know, prospect line, uh, not good for goaltenders and, and, and we haven't had a a really prime goalie prospect for God since Devin Dubnik. (laughs) <laughs> which is which is insane to say out loud. Yeah, remember he was an oiler <laughs> once upon a time. Yeah. So ooh, we'll see we'll see how it goes. But again, that's that's future Edmonton's problem. And 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 right now it's hey Koskinen, don't get COVID. Just hang out with your dog all the yeah. time. Please. Yeah, a single. Yeah. <laughs> how many? How well, many the, teams? Oh, go ahead, Devin. Sorry, no, I'm I'm just uh for for potentially claiming goalies. There's also Aaron Dell out of uh, Toronto that still has to go through waivers as well. So, and it's also an Airdrie product. So it's not too far away from, uh, from Edmonton being Alberta boy. Yo, that'd be cool. I mean, I really, I remember I was, I was on air at uh, my old radio show when, when Aaron Dell played one of his, one of his first games uh, starting for the, for the sharks uh, at the saddle dome. And it was really, really, really cool. Cause like, a lot of people, at least on like my, my old jobs Facebook page, were like, Yeah, we went to high school together. And so it's always cool to have someone with like those those kind of Alberta roots to come play. But 
I mean, our last kind of born and bred Alberta players scored on our own our own net. So thanks, Chris Russell. <laughs> I love I love your backpack items, man. They're so good. They're so good, and they come out sporadically. You know, you just have the oldest backpack worth of shit, and you're just like, okay, what can I throw out this time? I love it. It's good. It's good. <laughs> Uh, love thanks, having man. you on, Graham. Oh, I appreciate that, guys. It's so I love I love copping on this pod. So I, I'm really curious. What's you know now to kind of flip the tables that we just shit on the flames when you came on? Like, what's how how do you want to like take a honestly probably fair dump on the Oilers who have like proven nothing except that McDavid and Leon are really good on one side of the blue line? Yeah. Can, I, can we build? I'll build with strengths, and then we we can go from there. Um. I'll, the two things I did like that they did, I do think Kyle Turris was a good signing. Uh, I think he's going to be a solid third-line center. I think he's going to bring some maturity, and I think he's he's going to be able to be himself where I don't think he's had the opportunity to truly be. I think that there were – I don't think he was expected to ever be a superstar, but I think the expectations were higher on him. Sort of uh, – uh, Terrible comparison, but hear me out. Sort of what Quentin Byfield went through with the Canadian junior team. Well, he's the number two pick, so he should be better than he is. Kyle Turris was in the same boat. We were expecting a number two pick, and I don't know if Kyle Turris was ever that. So maybe I think he might be quietly uh, quietly better in Edmonton. And I do think the Ethan Bear signing was a great signing. Yeah, that you, it's hard to argue with that Ethan Bear number. Uh, and he's he's every year he's oh that was gross. <laughs> that, Excuse that me, as I, as I burnt my way through things. Um, yeah, I Ethan Bear is a really good player, and and I see a lot of comparisons to a guy like Rasmus Anderson, who has that really smooth skating. Um, kind of calming presence, and and what's crazy is that Ethan Bear, uh, yeah, alongside uh, Caleb Jones and Connor McDavid and John Marino, he was an Oiler too. Remember, uh, all came from the same draft. And so, if, if people want to, you know, take somewhat fair cracks at the Oilers for for nepotism, uh, a lot of those picks came out of Keith Gretzky, uh, which is which is I think a really good thing, kind of going forward. Um, you know, after the season, season and beyond. So um, that's really exciting. Really happy with Ethan Bear. I still like the Tyson Berry signing, especially that it looks like he's going to be playing at the bottom of the five on five pairing and then just trot him out on the power play. That I think is really solid. So um, yeah, there's a lot to like, and I'm still comfortable with the moves. I really think Jesse Pugliarvi is the one who's going to pay the, have the best dividends with, with Kyle Turris because he's such a, that kind of old calming veteran presence who's still in his early thirties. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I like this tourist signing. I think it could be really good for the Oilers. He is on the, on the other side of 30 though. You don't know what you're going to get with those players, especially coming into a new, uh, a new environment. Um, but he's, he's in the, he's in a position to succeed. So, uh, I think the the Oilers' forward depth is better. Um, you, you talked about Ethan Bear and, and Caleb Jones as young defensemen that are stepping up. That'll be huge. And a big a, a bit a big question for me is how 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 much they'll step up. Yeah, uh, you're you're 
you're playing this season without uh, Oscar Clefbaum. I know he was dragging himself around the ice, uh, not fully healthy last year, but he still was the the leading uh, point getter for uh, for the Oilers on, on the blue line last year. So you're going to have to replace that, and if that's Darnell Nurse, that's that's good. Um, and the fact that they are sheltering Tyson Berry, I think, is 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 a smart move, but. I see um, Devin. I see that smile. <laughs> I see that grin. I'm still. I'm just. I'm. I'm not quite there with the the Oilers blue line. It's one of the best ones they've had in the past year. Few how, years. How depressing is that to say? <laughs> like, yeah. hey, we got a bunch of young kids that like we're pretty sure are really good, but we're not super great. Um, but you know what? He's better than Anton Belov. Like, it's cool. Good job. See, your eye. No one knows who he is. It's terrible <laughs> on our hockey team. The big Russian? Was, was like, yeah, he was like the prize for agent signing. Going to come up from the KHL and let it up on the small. He lit up nothing. He plays with Gilbert Brule now. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Sounds wonderful. Uh, yeah, you, you, you're 100% right, though, on Tyson Berry. He, like, I... He needs a bounce back year, and nothing, no, not a better place to do it than up in Edmonton with that power play. Uh, that, that is his bread and butter. Um, I was criticizing Babcock at the beginning of last year that he wasn't on the number one power play, and that's the reason why we got him is so we could play the goddamn power play. So it's good to see that he's going to be in a, a position to succeed. Um, and, and I, I mean, I, I really hope for his career's sake that he does because if he – if you can get back to somewhat where he was back in Colorado, then you got a good player there, um, especially at that cap hit. Uh, I think that's uh, that goes without saying. Um, my biggest question mark is Paul Yarvi. Um, he'll be the make or break for your team, I think. Um, really he, interesting. Huh. Just be, just because of his, uh, you don't know what you have yet, right? Yeah, he's he's a um, for, uh, number. Uh, first round draft pick for you guys. Fourth overall. Fourth overall. Um, and we, I, don't, I don't think even anybody really knows what you have in him as of right now. Uh, he, he was back over uh, in Finland playing uh, last year. So it, 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 I feel like if he is going to break out, this will be the time to do it. And especially in a, this division where everything's so tight, you need the, you need that tertiary scoring and making sure that, he solidifies himself as an NHLer, so that pick doesn't get wasted, like um, uh, Yakupov or uh, you know <laughs> someone I, like that, right? I know, yeah, and I, I know it's it's it is really God. Yakupov's draft is such an interesting one because you you look at that draft year, and it was weird. It was an extremely weird draft. Like Ryan Murray was like a serious like, oh, who's gonna be. Who's going to be that? Is it going to be Brian Murray or Neil Yakupov? And and I, you know, Brian Burke. God bless Brian Burke. That man tells the same six great hockey stories on every <laughs> every single podcast he's been ever on. I get, hey, you know, I you know, I try to promote it. Thanks, Brian. Uh, Yakupov, bad bad interview. Uh, Hartford, like that's that's kind of the run of Brian Burke, but but I think his talking about, about Neil Yakupov and how his kind of attitude was so bad is really key there. But my God, Cody Cece was sixth overall. Uh, like, oh my God. Wait, nope. I mixed that up. He was sixth ranked overall, but your your top five, you go Yakupov, Ryan Murray, Alex Galchenyuk. Have fun in Ottawa, buddy. 
Uh, and then another former Oiler, Griffin Reinhardt. Oh, buddy. Yeah. You want to go. What a bad <laughs> trade. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Quick side note of all the trades that, that old Pistol Pete beep, 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 made that were that were heinously bad. I will say like the Griffin Reinhardt trade is a, is a is a firm number one. Uh where at least with Taylor the Taylor Hall deal, we've gotten five, four or five really good seasons out of Adam really good serviceable seasons out of Adam Larson, whereas Taylor Hall's been moved a bunch of times. So how do you rank out that trade? We've had more games, so eh. But but man, that e- even if you had drafted the player like, like Yol Eriksson Ek, like was expected, um, you know that's that's instantly better. But but the Eberle for Strom deal is still is still might might be worse because you even buried yourself even more after moving Eberle for Strom, who what a perfect player he'd be on this team. And yeah. then you down you downgrade from that, and then you downgrade even more with Strom for Spooner, Ugh. and then you downgrade even more with Spooner to Sam Gagne, who went to Detroit, and now we have nothing from that from that deal. And I think he might have been the final player in the Mark Messier kind of trade tree, and now that wow. tree is, is done. Now that Sam Gagne just kind of left, and we've gotten nothing out of it, so. Um, God, what a terrible, terrible run. But, you know, even Yesapuli-Yarvi at fourth uh, to kind of get the plot back is really it was Columbus that screwed everything up by by drafting Pierre-Luc Dubois because <laughs> the Oilers had a deal with the Flames. The reporting's been pretty extensive on this to swap Michael Backlund. The Oilers were going to get a different pick. Um uh, they were going to move down to the flame slot at six. Michael Backlund was going to come to Edmonton. And I think the flames were supposed to get Benson and a, and a couple other picks to kind of even it out. And uh, cause the Oilers were going to draft. That, that, the, that, that, thank God that did not happen. I, <laughs> well, there, there, that's that, that trade, that draft for trades is insane because yeah, as, as Columbus screwed it all up because yeah. the Canucks were, Going to trade, um, a, a trade for PK Subban and use their pick that they picked uh, Oli Hulevi with to get PK Subban. Even if you Oli Hulevi never plays a competent NHL game, I'd still rather have that than PK Subban. To be <laughs> but yeah, like that, just that, just the 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 bang factor alone on both those potential trades could have been insane. Oh, even at one point, the Oilers had a deal um, with, uh, and this is how far back it goes, with the New York Rangers to get Ryan McDonough, and wow. and Columbus, uh, and Columbus going with with someone other than Puljujarvi, kind of threw everything up in the air. So it, it's crazy how how that kind of has gone weird. And and I t- I do get what you mean about about Puljujarvi kind of dictating how the bottom six is going to go. Um, you know, the great thing about signing him to a two year contract is if he is garbage if he is confused and can't play and he's bambying it out on the ice like there's someone that's going to be like yeah yes and Puliarvi, sure i'll take that for another year so he's a movable asset even if he's garbage so i'll, I'll take i'll take that as as a as a slight win but oh god we could have had matthew kachuk and yep. kachuk and mcdavid and you, you you're preaching the choir there you, with sean <laughs> you know it could have kachuk too Kachuk and Petey? Oh, boy. But you, but you didn't. 
<laughs> well, I mean, at, least, at, at least it looks like Hugh Levy's finally playing some NHL games this year. So, well, it's whether or not he's going to be good or not. Who knows? Yeah, you know, just, just a little side note. I would love to hear uh, for the past twenty years all the coulda, shoulda, wouldas in trades that almost happened but didn't, and I feel like yeah. that book would sell. Oh yeah. Oh god. I mean, there's, a, there's there's a couple pretty good ones in Brian Burke's book, but I mean, he tells the same six of them over twelve chapters, and it gets old really quick. I, I think one of my favorite things was when Kevin B actually just kept reminding him about the Sedin's trades during the because he kept getting caught. God, Kevin B X is so good on TV. Like <laughs> he's so good. Yep. And I'm, yeah, it's so funny because uh, we saw some of the. I know we're on an Oilers preview. And I'm talking about NBC, but like looking at the NBC run of talent and just comparing oh. that to who they're rolling out compared with 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 Rogers, it's not even comparable. Like who wants to sit down and hear Mike Babcock talk hey, about hockey? You got yeah. rid of Mike Milbury. Thank you. And you bring in Mike Babcock. We're just going to have a, a, a good, a good game today. We're just yeah. going to uh, make sure that, uh, Oh, look, <laughs> it's just going to be so or hang on. I gotta, I gotta, I, gotta, I can't do the, I can't do the voice. Like I have a good Brian Burke, but I don't have much else. <laughs> Well, um, let, yeah. let me let me tell you what Mike Babcock says about Mike Babcock being in Mike Babcock's seat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now now describe in detail how you'll emotionally abuse your players. <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, so you know, so so the the Oilers will be okay. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> it's, uh, but yeah, it's a, but the other thing is like all it's going to take in this division is one bad slip, one two-week stretch where you don't you don't play well and you're gonna be behind you're gonna be either behind the eight ball chasing or you've come back to the pack and you you you're you're battling it out and, and or, you get, or you get covid yep <laughs> and, oh man and you're and the and and it's over right so uh, i i i think the only kind of certainties we can find from this season um at least from another's perspective are Miko Koskinen's going to play a good chunk Connor McDavid might score 2 points a game and Leon Dreis needs to he needs to if you guys are successful define successful though making the playoffs <laughs> i don't see okay so so i love i i understand it's recency bias um, that series against Chicago is terrible. Like, what a god-awful run. But what's more important when we're evaluating a team? Are we talking about the four games after a long layoff where everyone was garbage or the kind of width and breadth of the regular season where Edmonton was the best team in Canada? Once again, it, 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 it's about what you do in the playoffs. It, it, that is, no matter how well you do, uh, coming from a Toronto fan, it's what you do in the playoffs. It doesn't matter what you do in the regular season. That's all about seeding and where you, who you're going to play. But it, it, you got to have that success in the postseason. If you don't, then it, it means absolutely nothing, and you're wasting McDavid's, you know, prime years and Drysaddle's prime years too. I do, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree on that. But when we're weighting the quality of a hockey team, I'm, I'm going to put a lot more stock in in the 72 games. As, a, as opposed to four that were really weird. Um, even the playoffs, I think, were really weird. I do, Dal, is Dallas an extremely good hockey team? Really? Or did they end up getting a really lucky good run of, 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 of matchups and kind of hit in all the right time? I mean, how many people were writing off Dallas at the beginning of last season when they were just god-awfully bad? 
Well, to be uh, fair, they they played what the number six goalie in Colorado. They shouldn't have won that series. If call, again, it's a story of injuries, but like they shouldn't have won that series. Mm-hmm. And they they played a team, a Vegas team that had no confidence in shooting a puck at all after yeah. Thatcher after trying to beat Thatcher Demko. Oh yeah, you, say, got yeah you're by, you got beat by a guy named Thatcher. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> that's worse than the loss. <laughs> See, what I'm trying to get at, though, is that if you don't have that postseason success, then it, it like, banners fly forever, right? And the reason why we're – why they play the games is to find out who the best is that year. And, yes, sometimes the best team doesn't win the Stanley Cup. Oh, no right? question. No 2011. question. 2011. Oh, my God. Oh, moving on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. God. I mean, if, if we're nitpicking here – the Flames won the cup in 04. Just saying. Just saying. That puck was in. But it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this is, also this is it in an 89. So. This is worse than my dad's, who's like, ah, remember, or Bill Ranford. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, realistically, I like you're the Oilers need to make the playoffs to be successful, and they need to do well in the playoffs. Um, if they don't, then like there's always there's always been the talks that McDavid's going to ask for a trade. First of all, do you think McDavid, if you guys don't do well within the next two years, will McDavid ask for a trade? Uh, you know he can, but fuck off. You signed a contract. I don't. <laughs> that's fine. You can ask for a trade if you want. I don't give a shit. We're still not trading you. Uh, you know, if we want to go really long term, I you know I, I would I no one wins a Connor McDavid trade. No one does. Um, so I think it really kind of comes down to the, the, if, if there is a Stanley cup in Edmonton over the next five years of his deal, I think there's a strong possibility. He stays wins again and tries to build the second dynasty. If he doesn't, well, he goes away and, and that's cool. And, and I think, you know, especially when we have so many young RFAs, you know, Matt Barzell, uh, Pierre Dubois, um, you know, even Matthew Kachuk and Austin Matthews, they didn't sign eight year deals. So the culture of the NHL is changing. And I think for the better to kind of adjust to those more entertaining, um, those more kind of entertaining styles of, of hockey. And it's really fun until it's on your own team. So, um, when it all kind of comes down to it, like if, if the Oilers get really, really close, why would he ask for a trade? Um, the deal is going to be impossible to do in a flat cap. Uh, the return would be immense. And, you know, the, let's face it, the Oilers are pretty close right now. Next year, we have a mountain of dollars coming off the cap. Uh, a lot of dead money frees up. Benoit Pouliot's buyout goes away. Andre Sekera's buyout goes away. Uh, you you can potentially buy out James, James Neal and save $4 million. Um, there's a lot of money that opens up for this hockey team next year. Uh, to kind of find a goalie to kind of reset and move forward. So uh, while you do have to be competitive this year, I think next is the year that really, really opens up. And how you kind of want to build a team after that, especially in a flat cap world, I don't know. Uh, I'm confident the Oilers are a playoff team. I I think of the three teams that they have to beat out to make it are realistically Winnipeg, Montreal, and Ottawa. I don't th- I'm sorry no one is going to sell me that Montreal is this dramatically improved team until they play hockey. Um there's no center depth. There's none. 
And that's a very slow team with a lot of slow players. Tyler Toffoli can score, but Sean, you know this, he wasn't ever burning up the rink. No, no. Uh, and uh, I, I've, I've been, I've been thinking about that too. And we've gone through almost all the, the Canadian teams with people uh, on this podcast uh, over the past week. And my, my thoughts have changed uh, throughout. And that was one of them that uh, after I thought about it, I was, you know what? I'm not as high on, on Montreal as everyone else. Yes. They've got this Nick Suzuki, but guess what? He's a, he's a second year player. He wasn't, he's not as, he's not a superstar yet. There's a chance that he has a so- sophomore slump. Yeah, everyone's everyone's screaming Kokat Niemi as long as long as they pronounce it right, and um, he hasn't really done much, right? Can he? Can he, he finally step up? He was, he was dog shit at the beginning of last year. Yeah, he okay, can good. he actually step up? And then they've got uh, Philip Deneau, who's a, he's a solid guy, underrated, very underrated center uh, in Philip Deneau, but overpaid. he's a second line guy. Little overpaid for the role he's got. Yeah, little overpaid. So, and I just, for me with them, I, I I've got for spoiler for for later on. I have them out. I do I, actually. Do I? <laughs> I can't remember. I've changed it so many times the rest a little bit. Yes, I do have them out of the out of the playoffs at, at this point, and yeah. it's because of that. I do. I'm not sold on that center depth right now. And you look at the, this division. The Oilers are, are have Mc, McDavid and Drysidel, and potentially Turris being a really good one-two-three punch. Flames have Lindholm, Monahan, and Backlund up the middle. Canucks have Horvat and and, and Pedersen, and the um, the Jets have 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 Shifley. They've got they've got a true number one center. Uh, whether or not uh, Connor and Line can drag the uh, drag Paul Stastny around the ice and, and make him a second line center again. Hey, is, is hey man, they were they were really good in the playoffs. Okay, we went to the final. <laughs> He's gonna make Patrick happy. <laughs> man, I lived in Winnipeg. Like when the Jets more recently came back, and like I love the Jets. Like I will always have like a soft spot in my heart for them. But good lord, that that I, that I find that fan base more delusional than Oilers fans at times, and we are spectacularly delusional. <laughs> And then, yeah, then you've got uh, again Toronto with uh, Matthews and and Tavares. I may so, have a hot take here. I you could make the you could make the argument that the Ottawa Senators Senators center depth is better than Montreal's. I think you could make an argument that it's better than Winnipeg's. Mark Shifley's amazing. He plays zero defense. He's almost as bad as Drysaddle when playing defense. He's terrible. <laughs> No, I think that's a hot take. <laughs> you go look at go look at Shafley's numbers. He has incredibly sheltered minutes, and he is big, and he is wonderful in the offensive zone. He is not a great defensive player, but he is a savant when you get on the other side of the blue line. So I don't think Stasny's very good. Um, like he's still got something in him, but you know Adam Adam Lowry is okay. He's like a really good fourth line center in a third line role, and Andrew Kopp. Again, a fourth line, fourth line player. You know, Jack Russell looks like that perfect kind of middle six forward, but he's like, nah, I don't want to play in Winnipeg. Yeah, I want to play in Winnipeg. Yeah. There's no. So, who is going to play with Connor McDavid? 
Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins and uh, placeholder. <laughs> so His I'm- name is Zach Cassian. <laughs> I okay for now. Um, you know, I've uh, I, I got Dom Lucician. I think I got Lucician. I think I got that right. Dom, Dom, Dom Lucician. Yeah. Uh, he he put a really good, interesting, compelling argument together that uh, Connor McDavid is demonstrably worse when Zach Cassian is on the ice. Yes, Zach Cassian can skate with him, but Cassian kind of almost encourages McDavid's bad um, defensive play to a certain extent. So I wonder how long that'll last. Um, I'm not as sure you need to kind of have that nuclear presence. Oh, yes, I'm drafting fourth overall. Sorry, I just got the numbers from a hockey draft that's coming up in like seven minutes. And I'm drafting four. And so. he's going to live on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we'll help him. Thanks, guys. Uh, so, you know, you have McDavid and Nugent Hopkins is great. Whoever Nugent Hopkins plays with is the Oilers' first line. Um, so I think Zach Cassian will be there for a little bit. If Yessie can kind of get his head on a little bit better, um, I think he, he could be someone that moves up in that role. Definitely not in the first 20 games of the season. Um but yeah, Zach Cassian for for the moment um, might might end up being the player, and and we'll see we'll see how that goes. I mean, I was iffy on that contract when it was first signed. I am less stoked on it in a flat cap. Um, but we'll we'll see how it goes. He was he, he has the ability to put up twenty goals. Um, whether he can kind of make that happen and get engaged in a game is a different story. Um, he's a lot like Milan Lucic in that sense, is if you wake up Lucic, it's going to be a bad time. If you wake up Cassian, it's going to be a bad time and someone's going to lose a foot. So we'll see. We'll see. I think the the, the slot next to Connor McDavid on the right-hand side is very, very fluid. I I mean, I think that to me – for Puyarvi, there's no I, like I know that there's been so many other issues with him. Um, heaven forbid he wore the wrong number. Anyway, oh, don't get me stuck. Yeah, that I, am is- calm. <laughs> I am calm. <laughs> Jim Matheson, <laughs> yell at your cloud, old man. Yeah. So uh, one of my that, my favorite response was when he tweeted, "It's like, what are you angry at an old?" Like now you think it's an old man yelling at a cloud, and then literally, I think the next tweet after was was Grandpa yell out. I think it was, I was, yep. yep, most definitely. <laughs> but that, um, that talent is there. There's no question about his talent. Like, and ideally, he would probably be of the three. He would be the best to play with McDavid. Um, I want to say yes based on the tools that are there. Um. I I I think with Yessa, it, it's been it's been reported a, a little bit that that there was some definite uh, schisms in the locker room uh, with his play. Um, we had John Shannon on our podcast last year who described him as a he's this big kid from Finland who grew up on a farm two hundred miles away from the nearest big city, who spoke zero English, and and when he came to Edmonton, he didn't take English lessons. Like they, the Oilers set up lessons for him and uh, Andre Sakara's wife, oddly enough, and and Sakara's wife went and Puliyarvi didn't. So 
I, I think when he came back, there was some definite fences to be mended um, amongst the rest of the team because you just took your ball and go and went home. So, you know, those fences seem to be mended. Everyone's saying the right things. Again, it's a hockey dressing room. Who knows? Um, but but if he can play and kind of get up to speed of what his style of play needs to be, there's there's a definite kind of player there. And if he's more willing to take on that kind of puck retrieval role with six four two twenty. Um, who can skate like the wind? There's a role there. Um, if he figures that out, who can say? So, barring a trade, you, you said maybe not Cassian, maybe not Pujarvi. Who do you see beside McDavid then? I think I think there's a case to be. I think there's a case to be made for a player like Josh Archibald, who's kind of shown in moments. Um, you you could. I think James Neal can't really keep up in that role. Um, you know, James Neal is the perfect power play guy who plays in your fourth line. Just let him score when he needs to and kind of leave him be. So uh, I think Dominic Cahoon is a possibility, but by all accounts in camp, him and the chemistry him and Leon Dreisaitl have is not, it's not a lie. They're like flinging some, you know, no look behind the back passes around some pretty capable defenders. And, and, you know, Dominic Cahoon playing with Leon when they were both 15, 16, some of that chemistry is coming back. So that player stays. And Kyler Yamamoto is an interesting possibility in that kind of puck retrieval sort of player. Let Nuge and Connor just play hacky sack with the puck and then have Kyler kind of go in, snag a puck and send it back. Um, so that's a possibility. But Dave Tippett seems pretty keen on, on Yamamoto on that line. Um who would you like just kind of group if you could pick any winger for Connor McDavid, like, you know, obviously you'd love Nick McKenna and blah, like who do you think would be the dream person to play with Connor McDavid? Ooh. On the team right now? Nah, across the league. Pick anyone. Let's make it fun. Oh, uh, okay. I was gonna say if, if I'm if Glenn Gullickson's picking, it's gonna be Alex Chaseup. <laughs> every single time, <laughs> every time. Go on the team somewhere. Yeah. I, oh, man, I, I would almost have to say it would be have to like uh, Tom Wilson kind of person. You know, a, a bigger, bigger body. Uh, you're talking about puck retrieval, right? Yeah. Um, uh, him, uh, Tavares. Like the, <laughs> the, the, there's so many, the, there's so many to pick from. Like having the best person, like it probably would be a Sidney Crosby. Yeah, I mean, for, for like, sure. <laughs> yeah, really. Like, uh, uh, at some point in time, we do get cross. We have to have the Crosby McDavid play together. Oh my god, his Crosby's play below the uh, goal line is just fucking phenomenal. And having McDavid with him on that line, that'd be amazing. Or Sidney Crosby's such a weird player to watch because he shouldn't, by just looking at what you think in your head are the skills of a good hockey player, he shouldn't be as good as he is. Um, oh, Leon Dreisaitl just went second overall in my league. <laughs> All right. Uh, whoever's team is JT Miller High Life, great name, <laughs> is, is stuck right now. I think he's trying to decide between Artemi Panarin and Nathan McKinnon. Ooh, he got a Ooh. McKinnon. Yeah, yeah you got to go and McKinnon there. T- talk about a uh, perfect player to play with them. Talk about a fast fucking player to play with uh, McDavid is Nathan McKinnon. You know, oh. to keep up with that speed and having that high uh, skill set and just Qu- God. Totally. Quick question. Are Temi Panarin or Jack Eichel? Jack Eichel. Panarin. 
Eichel because he's going to have uh, Taylor Hall to play with. Yep. Ooh, yeah. yeah, but his defense sucks. Is plus IG? minus an issue? Yeah. That's the biggest question. Is plus uh, minus a category? Oh, it's not. Straight points. Then don't Dude. worry about it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> plus, but plus you have Olafson on the other side there, and he was lighting it up last year on the on the power play too. So Jack Eichel, done. Thanks, guys. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'll throw a name out that for me might be interesting, like Mitch Marner. That would be uh, interesting see, and I think there's too much. They, Mitch, they, Mitch holds the puck too much. I think the player, if I could pick any player in Canada to staple on the way of Connor McDavid, it'd be Willie Nylander. He is really smart. He's got good puck retrieval, and boy, does he have a one-timer. Willie Nylander is the most underrated offensive player in the National Hockey League. I don't give a shit what everyone says. Willie Nylander is amazing. Thank you. You, <laughs> you know, I had you up here last time on the podcast. You came right down here on your podcast, and you're right back up. You, you skyrocketed. I have his jersey. I love him. Yes. And you're, you're 100% right because he has the speed. Um, he carries it into the zone. And then he does a little button hook every single time he looks for that pass. And he is amazing at passing. And I I know we're talking about Oilers. We've been kind of all over the map here. But I would love, love, love to see Nylander quarterback the power play instead of Morgan Riley. Just because he could dish it wherever he wanted to. Ooh, interesting. I like it. I'm a fan. Philip Forsberg. Oh, Nashville. He's got the speed. He's an he's a underrated four-checker, um, and he, he doesn't necessarily need the puck. That's a really good one. I he's really like great, great one-timer, too. And, that, yeah. and that's the thing. Like, the Oilers, it's, it's kind of a joke at this point. We've been missing a player with a one-timer, like, quite literally. Oh, God. <sighs> Who is the last Oilers player to have a one-timer? Dustin Penner. Oh, Dustin Penner. Uh, Dustin Penner. Because Taylor Hall can't – of our best defensive – I mean, Yel Yakupov had a pretty good one, but, like, I mean, it's the famous Ray Ferraro quote. He skate, He plays hockey like he's been chased by bees. <laughs> and and Neil Yakupov uh, – So underrated. Oh, yeah. And Neil Yakupov, oh. by the way, just traded four times in his KHL season, most recently for cash considerations. <laughs> considerations. He was traded from Sochi to a team. I think he's playing in the Chinese team now. What a fall from Kunlun Red Star. <laughs> I think he might be. Yeah, there we go. That's what I know a guy with a Queenland Red Star jersey, and it looks good. It's a good jersey. <laughs> oh, um, man. This has been a really good Oilers preview, by the way. <laughs> All over the map. All over the map. Um, I, I what, actually, what are you expecting from Kyler Yamamoto, though? Because he put in, you reading my mind? Because <laughs> he put up nearly a point per game in in in, in, in just over twenty five in like twenty five games last year. Uh, I don't think it's sustainable. Unsurprisingly, um, <laughs> I don't think that's a sustainable number. Uh, but but there's definite player there, and and I think he had a really kind of hard awakening in the playoffs that that it is so different. Um, he, he came, he came, it's a cliche. Well, oh, man, best sleep of my life. Good job. Everyone did. <laughs> of course you do. You're going away to train in four months and you're already the most high level athlete on the planet. You would be in better shape. Ugh. Um, so I side note, it is the 12th pick and Sidney Crosby is not yet gone. Yeah. That's right. I, I I am in one draft, and I uh, that happened in in mine too. I did get end up with Crosby, but 
Oh, cool. Um, a- anyway, to, neither here nor there. But um, yeah, the the I, I think he can kind of sustain what he was doing because he's got that that classic kind of a, a little guy is way harder to get off the puck than a big guy because because everyone's hitting here and Kyler Yamamoto is here and so he's just small enough to sneak through people and and he's a he's a bitch to play with he's so uh, mean and pokey and and you just saw like what he was doing to some of the flames like they were getting ready to try to start hacking ankles so uh, you know i don't think point of game is is realistic um you know 10 10 goals 15 goals very very possible um really he just needs to give dominic cahoon and and leon drysaddle the puck and 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 let him go. I think I think Cahoon will end up probably being the fourth highest scorer on the team, uh, if not fifth behind a guy like Tyson Berry. So, um, uh, yeah, I think Yamamoto will be okay. Um, you know, barring barring injury or COVID, like I, I think he'll continue to be that kind of Andrew Mangiapane producing level of player. One person we haven't talked about yet. Sorry, Kev. Uh, is um... before, before you do this, I didn't realize this because I really honestly thought he was not on the team. But I just realized that Alex Chason is still on the Oilers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought he was gone. I honestly thought that the Alex Chason era was over, but uh, he's still as, there. Anyway. As long as Glenn Galton's there, Alex Chason's there <laughs> once again. <laughs> I, and one, one thing about Alex Chason, though, he does a thing that nobody else on the roster does, and he plays that Ryan Smith net front type of presence, yeah. and he's really good at it. He is extremely good at it. So, you know, I don't want him on the top power play unit, um, but him and James Neal play that like get annoying in front of the net and quickly put a puck in when you can, which is just fine for them. Well, I mean, as of right now, he's not on either power play unit, as I see on uh, Daily Faceoff. So interesting. Oh, and well, he oh he, he was. Uh, oh my God, no one's drafted Mitch Marner. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking goobers. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, away from Alex Jason. I'm I'm sick of him. I heard uh, too much about him in Calgary. Anyways. Uh, one person we haven't talked about yet is uh, Darnell Nurse. Uh, do you, what do you expect from him going forward, and how underrated and un? Just, just, no, I feel like no one really talks about him. I, I am so high on this guy. I love the way he plays. I love how dirty, uh, mean, nasty he can be, but still defensively great. I I, I love him. What are your thoughts? Uh, Dar- Darnell Nurse is someone who is who is chronically underappreciated. Uh, in, in, in the Oilers circles. And I really hope that this year is going to be with some more cross Canada push um, is really, really, really going to show exactly how good this player is. Um, he, A, does not get hurt. Um, knock on wood. He plays, uh, ooh, okay, Jonathan Huberto, Steven Stamkos, Huberto. Or, Pat- or Patrick Line in a contract year. Huberto. Huberto. Yeah, that's my gut too. Yeah, oh, I love Jonathan Huberto. He's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I Darnell Nurse is so close to being that like first pairing defenseman. So 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 close. Um, I would like to see him. I, I would like to see him shoot a little bit more. I think when he when he grew up in the Oilers system, uh, the only players shooting the puck from the point were Andre Sekera, the shin pad assassin, uh, <laughs> and oh boy, uh, Andrew Ference occasionally. So, so he was never really taught 
to kind of shoot the puck. And and I'm really hoping that's something he kind of brings into his repertoire a little bit more because because he is big, he is mean, he can skate. Um, he just needs to put a little bit more together uh, to kind of be that like firm number one. And you know that being said, you want to eventually in a couple of years have him as your second pairing defenseman. I think you're hard pressed to find a player that can bring as much to your team on the second pairing. And he's also really key in the leadership group as well. If Connor McDavid wasn't on this team, Darnell Nurse would be the captain. Uh, I have zero doubt of that in my mind. He's incredibly vocal. He's really well liked. And he is one of the few guys. And this is one of the things that really concerned me uh, in the bubble is this is a dumb thing to be focused on, but, Oilers fans are too focused. Canadian hockey fans are too focused. My God, the Oilers are quiet in the bubble. Like you looked at the bench, a lot of dead faces, not a lot of like hype and excitement, except for Mike Smith screaming at people from the bench and, and flinging blockers at Dominic Kubelik. Like there really wasn't enough kind of internal pump up. And Darnell Nurse is someone who, who I think can do that. Um, I, I love him on the team. I'm happy with how his draft progression has been. And and he's looking really, he is looking good, and and he's right in the point in his uh, life as a defenseman where you are, you're you're as you're as close to the prime of your career as a defenseman as you can get. Darnell Nurse is right there. Yeah, well, he's 25, um, so he, I'd say he still has like maybe a, a year or two of development, quote unquote, to to get to that. But I I can't say enough good things about him, and I I love the fact that you said that if. McDavid was not on Woods not on this team that he would be captain and I totally agree. He's he's real good, man. He's really really good. Who do with that? Did the Oilers address? I, I'm wording this wrong, but you mentioned it. There the that was quiet in the bubble. Like there wasn't a lot of of enthusiasm. Did the Oilers address enough that part of the team? I don't think so, um, to be honest. And I, and I don't really know that, that you can. Um, you can't really, with what was available. Um, you look at the players that have been brought in. Tyler Ennis, quiet guy. Jonathan Turris, incredibly quiet guy. Um, you know, T- Tyson Berry was an, was an assistant captain uh, in Colorado. He's he's definitely been a feature point of a locker room before, so it's entirely possible he could be that. Um, I know I know one thing that was put forward about Mike Smith coming back is um, that that he can be kind of that like big pump up voice. Really, you don't want that from a goalie. Let's look at Roberto Luongo as a captain. So I'm a little concerned that there's none of that kind of like internal pump up. Um, from from the team. Oh, that's getting really close to hockey porn. Um, but <laughs> so no, I guess. But but I think it's something you kind of have to grow in, grow from within. So I, I guess we'll heck. I guess we'll wait and see. Well, you you don't want the guy, one of the guys pumping up your team, a guy that passes the puck right to the middle to the other team. Only like. For sixty percent of the time, <laughs> yeah. so uh, to kind of wrap it up, I, I think I think the Oilers will be a playoff team. Um, there's enough. The goaltending didn't murder us last year, and and I don't think I don't think it'll do that again this year. I, I have one more thing I do want to ask. But I, I do too. I got another one as well. I I where are you with Dave Tippett? He's great. 
Dave Tippett's fantastic. He helped he helped fix a oh goddamn it was Evgeny Kuznetsov, Taylor Hall, or Max Patch, you're ready. Hall. Yeah, double up. Yeah, go for it. Go all in. Okay. Yep. Done. All right. Thank you. Um, I love Dave. I think Dave Tippett's a great coach. I think it's really, it's, it's, it's a little too bad what happened to, what happened to Todd McClellan. Cause I think Todd McClellan is a really, really good coach, but, but I, I think the message really was lost from him after a little while. So, you know, Dave Tippett's a guy who's incredibly technical when it comes to defensive schemes. And that's where a guy like Jim Playfair really, really helps out as well. So, uh, the personnel only changed a bit, but I don't think it can be understated when you took the the absolute worst penalty kill in the league one year and turned that around to being historically good the next. And and, and I, when you have a team that's as, as uh, top-end heavy as Edmonton, where the coaching really shows, I believe, is in the special teams, which were demonstrably fantastic. And you, you 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 want uh, you want want someone to pump the pump the boys up just to tell them that uh, Jimmy Playfair is gonna, gonna start slamming sticks again. So <laughs> when, I, when fans come back, you've got to have the Gullickson versus Playfair throw off. Like, um, <laughs> and my and my really hope is that is that um, uh, uh, Playfair's kid. Uh, who's on like letter Kenny. He came yeah. to the Oilers dressing room last year and I'm like, okay, hey, we have one. Now can we get Mark forward and just, and just start screaming how it's fucking embarrassing. <laughs> That's all I want. I want more letter Kenny around the Oilers. So, um, Oh man, do I go crazy and double up on Huberto and Hall and Barkov and Eichel? You know what that means? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, oh. I, I, that, a lot that, of eggs in one basket. That, that's a, that's hard because Barkov he's amazing, but who else do you have there? Uh, we got Kuznetsov is still available. Darcy Kemper, Tuka Rask, Ilya Samsonov, Tara Samsonov. I take Sam- Samsonov. Samsonov. I really would. If yep. you don't have your goalie yet, that would be. You don't have a goalie. Yeah, that's a fantastic that's, pick. That's a little pick. Yep. He's going to get the majority of starts there too because because uh, um, Lungfist isn't. Uh, isn't going to be pushing them for starts. Oh, that's so sad about Henrik Lundqvist yeah. too. It's yeah. such a bummer. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, I, I'm 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 excited about Dave Tippett. I'm I'm I really wish I really wish he'd grow back his mustache. I think that's a failing that he doesn't have. Um. But the Oilers coaching staff, I, I have no issues with all in all, and and it's too bad because as the Condors, our AHL team have been have been kind of outperforming their players because every single Condors player of any worth has been coming up to the Oilers. You know, Jay Woodcroft is quietly building a really really good resume, uh, and I won't be surprised if he's someone we lose from the farm system pretty soon. Uh, I was really happy when all of McClellan's staff went to LA, and Woodcroft was like, "Nope." I'm staying in the organization because him and uh, him and McClellan have been stapled at the hip for a long time. Uh, well, just one more about your uh, your young stud defenseman Evan Bouchard. What, what do you see from him this year? How many games do you see him playing? Do you do you, where, where do you see him fitting in? It looks like the Oilers are going with nine defensemen on the tax on on the roster to start the year, uh, which is a lot um but you got to get out of the cap somehow to start this so uh we'll we'll wait and see i think evan bouchard is as close to nhl ready as you can get at this point in his career so it's kind of a cliche that oh ken holland loves to overpercolate but 
I really think Evan Bouchard's going to be on the taxi squad and come up for a couple games. If he shows well, which is highly possible, is it? Do you have the potential of an in-season trade? If, if Evan Bouchard is really solid, do you maybe move up? Uh, do you maybe move out Adam Larson, who the Leafs have been sniffing around for a long time? Who knows? Um, I, I think he'll push for some playing time. It's tough because you can't really put him on the power play unless Tyson Berry gets hurt. But you know, if something happens to Barry, it's really easy just to move up another smooth skating offensive defenseman. Um, Evan Bouchard's going to be good, and and some of his fancies have him tracking to be a player um, around the realm of Dougie Hamilton, which, God, this team's been looking for that kind of player for a long time. And you have Philip Broberg, who's as close to a stud as you can find. We'll see if Zegris wins him out, but um, I'm feeling good about Bouchard. I'm really excited. I think he'll probably play 20 games. I, I, you know, I know that everybody's going to look at that Broberg Zegris draft and say, look, if Zegris pops the way he did at the World Juniors, like, what the hell were you thinking? But to me, Broberg's a warrior. And I think that that's one of the things that the Oilers have lacked for a long time is that guy that has the reputation of, I will play with one shoulder, I will play with one knee, I will be toothless in play. Philip Broberg brings that possibility there. Um, I I still, based on what I see, maybe I'm I'm a dumb idiot, but I might like based on what the Oilers need. I think Broberg was the right pick. I thought it was a crazy pick when I saw it. I was incensed that they didn't draft Cole Caulfield. God, I was mad. You need a player that can score a ton with a one timer. Pick Cole Caulfield, but Broberg looks good, dude. I, I so, think it, overall, if you if you're even even no matter what type of team you have. If you're looking for a solid defenseman, you can try. You can put out there for 20 plus minutes. It looks like Broberg. I know it's early. It looks like Broberg can actually do that, and I'll take that any day over a top end goal scorer. Which is super fair. Goal scorers are way easier to find. So, um, yeah, future looks good. The present looks mostly okay. I mean, honestly, Edmonton could finish as high as first or as low as sixth. Like, but that's. You know that's true of everyone in the of in this division, except for Ottawa, who's just going to chase people around like Rainier Wolf Castle. <laughs> I miss Rainier Wolf Castle. <laughs> um, before we get to predictions, the other thing I did want to sorry I I'm just asking all the questions here. Let me just hog the. Uh, there was some big changes in the play by play booth, so Jack Michaels has been moved to TV. And Cam Moon, after 1,758 games with the Red Deer Rebels, has launched his dream and is the play-by-play radio voice. He gets to sit beside Mr. Bob Stoffer. Um, what are your thoughts? I I was I had to admit, I was like, I'm happy for Cam Moon, but I was like, you are really getting rid of... Like, until I heard Michaels was going to TV, I'm like, you can't get rid of Jack Michaels. Come on. No, I, I love it. I mean, the guy I really feel bad for is Kevin Quinn, who's been yeah. a broadcaster for 20 years. Um, that being said, dude had a great 20 years, and he'll be in a booth again in no time. Um, I love Jack. I, I've met Jack a couple times. He's 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 a inc- – I am biased because he, he's been through so many garbage years of the Oilers to kind of get to some of the good ones is, is really exciting. Um I, I really think Jack Michaels has the possibility to be as emotionally invested in a fan base and have a fan base as emotionally invested in him as Jack Edwards, but without the hackness of Jack Edwards. 
Um, so having Bob Stoffer on TV, I, I think is is just is fantastic. Um, Cam Moon's a really good broadcaster, and I and I and I this I I worked in radio for a decade. Um, the importance of having a good team cannot be understated. Everyone performs better when you're in a good team, and and, and Cam Moon and and someone like Reed Wilkins they they get along so well. They're really quality. Why has no one drafted Matthew Barzell? What is wrong with you people? Sorry. Multitasking. I think it's really exciting to have that for that team to come in together. So I get to – I'm not in Edmonton anymore, obviously, being on the Oilers YYC podcast. Uh, so I get to hear Jack more often, um, which is great. And I think it was – uh, I think it was very, very, very telling when you looked at all the highlights that the Oilers put out, unless it's tagged in Sportsnet, they've been using the Chet calls with Jack Michaels. So he's a guy that's laying down roots in Edmonton. You know, uh, the last couple of years, I've been as a fan really worried that he was going to end up moving to back to the States and finding something down there. Uh, you know, he had an audition with the LA Kings a couple of years ago. So I'm really happy about it. Um, sucks to lose Kevin Quinn. I was more of a fan of Drew Remenda than most. Uh, so that's uh, iffy on, on him on him being set off. But all in all, I think it's going to be really good. And Jack's still going to be calling all the Oilers playoff games. And all every time the TV's on a, on Wednesdays and Saturdays when it's a national game, Jack will still be on 6-3 Chet. So, um, yeah, I, I really think Jack's got, got the possibility to be a that kind of Rod Phillips level of endearing broadcaster. Um, and, and I think he's the, he will be the best TV announcer in Canada uh, on the regionals. Anyway. Um, I don't think the flames have a particularly strong broadcast. I'm hit and miss on the Canucks. Um, oh. oh, those are, those, those are, those are hot takes. Those uh, ballers got a, a, a quite the following and uh, John Shorthouse is, I, I, him, 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 and Garrett are, a, are an acquired taste. Oh, I for sure. I don't Garrett. like Garrett. I, I don't <laughs> like Garrett at all. Um, I want to, but I, I think you know, uh, Kevin Ball's great. Kevin Ball, right? Rick, Rick, Rick Ball. I think Rick Ball's pretty good. Um, his color teams are not. Um, you know, I, 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 you can't sell me on Cassie Campbell Pascal being a good broadcaster. She's, 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 she's perfect in an analysis role. Her analysis is fantastic. I don't, I really, really, really don't like it when she's on a play by play. And Kelly Rudy's terrible. Um, uh, oh, man. We got some choices here, folks. If, if Getty Kuznetsov is still on the board, Pierre Luc Dubois, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Dylan Larkin, Jonathan Marsha Show, Nuge. Kuz. Kuz is in a secondary role. Um, as far as uh, he's on the second line uh, behind Backstrom, so it's it's hard. But I would say Nuge, man, I'm surprised you're not yeah. jumping all over that. I'm really iffy to draft Oilers. I don't like it. Not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got burned once when I draft Patrick O'Sullivan, and I swore <laughs> he was going to be great. <laughs> like Shocking that. that didn't work out for me. <laughs> his NHL career and his media career kind of went the same way, didn't it? Yeah. Is he, yeah, he gone out of the media now? I have no idea. Yeah. No, I haven't heard from him. Yeah. He's uh, a dude that had a rough go of it, so mm-hmm. um I won't I won't I won't harp on him too much. But yeah, I I'm over the moon about the broadcast changes. I love Jack. I think he's a good person. Um 
him and Louis DeBrusque will be a really, really, really good team. It's going to be um, – I'm going to be watching carefully to see uh, how how that this all goes too because it sounds like they're not traveling. They're going to yeah. be calling the games uh, when they're home from the arena, but if it when that when the, those teams are on the ro- on the road, they'll be calling it from monitors either from home or uh, from from a studio. So uh, I know Ray Ferraro was on uh, radio in Vancouver saying that don't don't be surprised to hear uh, the, the the exchange of what do you think happened there? I don't know. I'm in my basement. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that'd be very funny. I'd be okay with that. Apparently, apparently it happened in uh, in MLB already. So yeah, yeah. The, well, the, the the first time that that's happening, yeah, it's gonna be funny. But listen, what, if that happens more than once, I'm gonna be a little upset. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Who, who do you you know? I, I'm in bias. I spent a lot of time in radio. Who do you think is the best kind of broadcast team in Canada right now? Right now. Like just the regional, it can be regional. It can be national. Hell, you can even go NBC if you if you want to go for it. Um, oh, if it's national, it's, there's 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 no there's no. It's 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 really easy. It's uh, Miller and it's Miller and Ferraro. Yeah, hundred percent. I Ray Ferraro is the best. Analyst. Really, Ray Ferraro. See, and I've I, never I've never been super jazzed on Gord Miller as a as a as a play by play guy. Never really loved it. Well, I think that's the problem right now is you don't really have the right the the, the best. And the, the the best play by play and the best color guy working together right now. Like if you could get Ray Ferraro over to sports over to Rogers and, and working with back working with Chris Cuthbert. Oh, what a dream would that be? And like I'm biased. I'm a huge CFL fan and and I and I love the double E football team. So when Chris Cuthbert left TSN, I was oh, I was so sad. Um yeah. but but I, you can't blame him. Oh like, not at all. You you have a chance to call a Stanley Cup final, dude. Absolutely yeah, take yeah. it. And and his calls and his calls were wonderful. So um yeah, I, I think honestly, like I'm I'm really wondering when like the kind of young crew of broadcasters are gonna come up. Cause there's not a ton across the across the league um of, of young play by play announcers. So I'm I'm curious to see how it goes. I, yeah. I gotta say you gotta you gotta give Rip Ball more credit. Um, oh, he, Rick Ball! He, no, no, no! Rick he, Ball is great. He his play-by-play is awesome. It's when you get into Kelly Rudy being like, "Well, as a member of the goaltending fraternity, I think you should have stopped that puck." Good job, thank yeah. you. I, 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 him, him, and Cassie Campbell, I agree, are better at analysis. They should stay uh, behind the desk and not actually calling games. It's just, um, I would love to see Rick Ball with uh, Peter Lubardius. I think that would be the best bar none team uh, ever. I'm. I really wish Lubo had a little bit more reach. I think. I think he's tremendously underused as just a radio play-by-play guy. Because absolutely, I, I think of you know. Again, I am a little biased. He called Oilers games for a long time uh, when I was growing up, and and I will. I can never get the call of oh, and Stepan will ice it. Oh, at least I thought he would. And you're from the Oilers the other way. Hemsky, he's got like one of the best calls of all time. Backstop by Ray Ferraro. You should be embarrassed for what you just did. <laughs> I love Peter Lombardius. What a fantastic broadcaster that man is. Oh. And by all accounts, a lovely person. No, he's, he's a good human being is what he would say about himself. I'm sure. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'd like to actually, I would like to see the Flames broadcast team tr- toss uh, the Christopher Steeg up in the play by play. No, bit. no, no, because then Edmonton has to sign him to a PTO first, and that'll never happen. Oh, that's there. <laughs> for Steeg, Sarich. I, I think for Steeg will stay more so. Uh, towards Toronto, um, and he'll he'll get paid more out there than he will in Calgary. But I agree. I, I think Speaking I think that'll be. Yeah, I, I want to see BX and Versteeg on a panel together. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that would be good. See, and I and I went in a couple of years. I really want Bexa and Marchand on a panel together, just for funsies. Just oh for my funsies. god! Well, oh, I, so I, I, I've been I've been saying it's uh, BX and Ryan Reeves because you know that I, that's that's where Reeves is going to go, right? Oh, totally. To. I think there's a couple players in the league right now that that can really make those kind of media media waves afterwards. Honestly, Austin Matthews could do it when his career's over, like 15 years. He's a. I like listening to Austin. He is way more interesting than most hockey players. He's so truthful. The way he bashed. Um, oh, I forget the uh, the the writer. The oh, no, he, the the right. Yes, yeah. And he, it just just about the COVID thing. And he did just bashed him. Didn't answer his question and waited for the next next question. It's phenomenal. That was oh, that's so good. See, we're starting to see attitude and and and, and emotion from a lot of a lot of play, these younger players. Uh, PD gave some good shade to the to a to a uh, a reporter who asked him about his weight. Um, and and then you've got uh, freaking Nate Schmidt has been just making the rounds of uh, just just. Making making friends left, right, and center, and probably some enemies as well, because like he's just one of those guys who's always in your face. Ooh, quick, quick question: Seth Jones or Ivan Provorov? Provorov, Provorov. Yeah. He'll be uh, he'll be number one power play. Uh, Jones will be behind Wierenski. Oh yeah, God, Wierenski's going to be good. Sorry, thank you for letting me bother <laughs> stuff. I it's so interesting. Like the I, I think of how much hockey broadcasting has changed over over the last even five to six years and and it's it's pretty stark you almost have these kind of two different waves of uh we well we gotta stick to the old guard with like your don cherry's brian burks you know i'll be honest bob cole was kept on the air probably four years too long yes and i love bob cole but but you're finding this shift of 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 broadcasters that came up in the kind of harry sindin world um and and they're retiring. And so now we're finding the people that kind of grew up under, under Doc Emmerich and Bob Cole and, and that kind of world. So uh, especially with a guy like Jack Michaels, um, you know, his, his call is probably not the most technical. Like he's the most technically perfect, but he reads the emotion of a game better than, than most broadcasters do. And, and I, I, you know, I just have to point to the call he had of, of the goalie fight, which is, I would encourage everyone to go listen to it. It is incredible, and, and as someone you know who has a, a lot of invested in in, in radio, it, it, ah, big fan. That's one of the things I was saying that I was looking forward to is is after everything that we went through in 2020 with, with all the protests and you had the Matt Dumba moment and then you had Mike Melbury who should never be near a microphone ever again, ever again, after after everything that he said is is what the NHL is going to do overall in, in, on Sportsnet, TSN, NBC about how they are going to approach their broadcasters and get sort of a younger, fresher voice 
there because I do think it's time for that to happen. I think it's long past time. Of course, the NBC decided that Mike Babcock would be an answer to that, but we've already discussed that. But, like, you know, um, like even the Flames, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Haley Salvan is, is on more often on Sportsnet than, than we expect. I'm not... I, I was hoping it would be more Salvan, less Eric Francis, but I can't see that happening. But well, because the trouble with Eric Francis is that his his spine is so uh, structurally bent from years of carrying water for the for 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 that hockey. I was to the Oilers for the Flames that that his voice kind of bounces off the ground in a weird way. It's not great. You want to talk about a guy that stuffed someone in a? Didn't Johnny Goudreau stuff him in an interview too? I think so. I, I mean, let's come on. The best, the best stuffing of an interview is still is still Phil Kessel. Uh, this guy's such an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh man, I just just a uh, shout out to Jordan Romani down in uh, Australia. He's listening to you, Graham, and he's loving every uh, minute of uh, of listening to you. So, oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. I was supposed to go to Australia this year with my partner, um, and then a due date a pagolin. So. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that still going on? Is, I think is, it might be. It might be. I mean, we'd be at the Pig and Duke, but I'm sure there's other reasons why we're not quite yeah. there. <laughs> All right. Um, do we want to get to predictions, or do we want to talk about some of the news of the day? Let, let's uh, say predictions to last. Let's do news of the day. Let's leave it on a good note. How about that? Okay. Yeah, I like that. Um, let's – so in Vancouver um, – it happened just after I was listening to Elliot Friedman in Sports Next 50, and it just happened just after I got the t- the tweet came out that JT Miller and Jordy Ben will not be available for the Oilers game tomorrow because of the uh, COVID nineteen. Um, you've already heard a little bit from Sean's sadness about this, but it looks like JT Miller will not be available for the foreseeable future. Anyway, how long that is, and I mean, and Jordy Ben may not be available um was does this change predictions or is this okay this is probably something every team is going to have to deal with at some point during this year and just it it's not great but deal with the deal with this this boat that is COVID-19 yeah, that's exactly what it is there, Kevin. It's something that every team is going to have to deal with that's in some way or another, whether it's as many as 10 players testing positive or 17 players testing positive in, in Dallas or another 10 with a, a with um, throughout uh, an, um, the other uh, another eight teams in, in the NHL that happened this past week in, in training camp. Or it's uh, what's happening. What it sounds like it's happening in here in in Vancouver, because um, it's there. There's it's all bits and pieces of information right now. But from what it sounds like is, um, uh, J, well, JT Miller is state was, was staying with Jordy Ben uh, during training camp. I don't know if that was a, a long term plan or not. I hope it's not because I hope they're segregating themselves as much as possible for this specific reason. Um, but it sounds like someone in that household tested positive. It wasn't Jordy Ben or, or JT Miller, or there's this other thing going around that uh, uh, one of the players, so you're not naming him, but uh, based off of who was out of uh, practice after the Canucks uh, suspended uh, practice for a day, 
um, and that was Jordy Ben. Uh, it sounds like he's had a f- four tests done. Cool. He got a positive, a negative, another positive, and then another negative. So they have no idea what's going on, and they're still trying to figure it out. So, um, yeah, it's just going to be something that every team has to deal with in some level and in some way. And uh, you're just going to have to adapt and, and and figure out how to how to get through it uh, as unscathed as possible. I, it, it, it's a stinger because it's kind of like the first single player, or you got two players, but one significant player in uh, JT Miller um, getting a, a potentially positive a match or not, like uh test back or not. It's just, it's, uh, I mean, with Dallas, yeah, it sucks that they have to postpone an entire, uh, their entire um, schedule and shift the entire schedule. But this is one player, the team is going to go on without him. Uh, I guess two players, sorry, I keep on, Jordy Ben's still a part of it. But to me, it's it, J, JT Miller is the major part of this for the Canucks. Um, and it, it sucks. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a gut punch to Canucks fans. Um, and you want that competition, like uh, from, from a Toronto perspective and Calgary's perspective, uh, competitively. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is great that, you know, we won't be, they won't have one of their top players, but at the same point as a fan, I want the best teams. I want the teams to, uh, ice the best teams and, or yeah. And just able to play the, the, the best that they can. And it, it, it just sucks overall for the North division. And, uh, it's. I think there's definitely going to be more. We're going to have to roll with the punches here, and this is just the reality of what's going to happen this year. Yeah, uh, Mika Zabinajad came out and said he tested positive uh, early on in camp. That and one. Oof, that one sucks. Mika Zabinajad's so good. Yeah. Is he back in the lineup now? Is he good? Not yet. He, he hasn't, not yet. Not yet. No. But he's, 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 sorry, I'm, I'm jumping in on you, Sean. Um, he he will be back, but it won't. He'll be missing a couple of games. That's that's tough. I, I really think like Jordy Benz, yeah, it's not great. It's not great. Um, man, losing losing JT Miller is a is a that one stings. Uh, J- JT Miller, I I will happily dunk on on Jim Benning, and I and I have. Oh, let me tell you, I have. Um, but man, what a what a Benning f- voice, huh? Can you do a good Jim Benning voice? Uh, he's going to sound like Kermit because I have no fucking idea. Oh, <laughs> no way. I'm really impressed with, uh, with, uh, with Lance. He's been really good. And, um, you know what? I, I think it's really important that we got to rely on, uh, on our young depth. Um, you know, Hog, Hoglander, he's, he's looking good. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what that player can be. You, you got to get uh, more likeums in there. Like, uh, oh, right. Yes. Yes. That guy. Yeah. He, he doesn't sound smart. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> Anyway, go ahead. Uh, God, JT Miller's such a good hockey player, and you know, I uh, my first hockey team was I was the New York Rangers. It was the first team I really, really liked. I didn't become an Oilers fan until I was eight, maybe maybe ten. Um, but I was I was very, very, very a big fan of the New York Rangers. So um, I was uh, I was sad when he he got moved, but he's turned into such a really interesting player. Um, his kind of maneuverability. He, he's almost like a younger. Um, you know, not with a puck tipping, but in the sense of the role he can fill in the lineup, he's he's almost like a younger Joe Pavelski who can kind of move from wing to forward, kind of play that rover position and and be really, really functional. So 
Um, oh, Charlie McAvoy is still available. Thank you. Um, sorry. <laughs> he's going to quarter pack the Bruins power play with, with, with. No, he's not. No. Really? Uh, Matt Grizzlick. Grizzlick oh. is. Ah, Charlie McAvoy is a lot better player than Matt Grizzlick. <laughs> I am on that one. I, I agree, but I'm I'm just going off of uh, what what happened when uh, when they lost Krug for a little bit last year. Oh, that's fair. That's a that's a that's a that's a good point. Hey, you know what? If I pooch my whole draft, it's okay. I, I think I can still nab Kevin Fiala, so we'll be okay. <laughs> Isha will be happy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's good to hear. Uh, yeah, I, I mean it's it's a. T- and so much is made about the start, and I think that that's that's the interesting part. But you know, I think this is also how I think teams are going to deal with adversity, and this is where the Canucks are going to be dealing with adversity, and we're going to see that off the bat. And yeah. it's time for Jake Vertanen to show up and uh, make people shotgun all the different drinks that they ever want to shotgun. Is there really is there a player in Jake Vertanen though? Really? Like I'm still totally unconvinced. He's a he's a solid third liner. If you get get him the right, if you get if he was like if he was playing with with, with Kyle Turris, that type of that type of center, he'd be he he'd be he'd be a very good third liner. The yeah. issue with the Canucks is that they're they they've got um they've got a couple black holes that he could potentially play with in Brandon Sutter and Jay Beagle, mm-hmm. um, and then Adam Goddett is is still trying to find his way. Uh, if if Godet and Vertanen can find some chemistry and and create that third line for the Canucks, that goes a long way to fixing a lot of the depth concerns for the Canucks. But uh, if it doesn't, and especially now with uh, JT Miller out for uh, at least four games, if not pushing two weeks, which could be eight games, uh, it's going to be tough. That stings because yeah. uh, the with the way things are. Uh, he has GT Miller was not one. If he's not the one that tested positive or had the the yo-yoing positive negative testing, even whoever did has to get four, three or four uh, negative tests um, in a row to get to 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 be able to play. Then the other issue is they can't fly um, private or commercial out to another place without going through a, a seven day quarantine. Oh, wow. Okay. So even if he, even if he, he gets uh, uh, a negative test Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, he can't join um, uh, the van, uh, can't join the Canucks in Calgary for the Monday game. That stings. So Oof. he's out They're They're both out for those four games. Yeah. So, um, and it's just that's what's gonna, and that's what the taxi squad's here for, is in case you have a couple players who get that, and they they have to go through that and all that. So again, yeah, it's just something that every I think every team's gonna have this in in some way or another throughout this season. It's just the reality of the world we live in now. Yeah, and you're just gonna go go forward. You just have to hope that you don't become the Denver Broncos and not have a goaltender or. Like the quarterbacks that they had. So oh, what's yeah. really what's really interesting about that? Um, so the the Oilers head doctor 
Uh, head spins, <laughs> lift squats. God damn it, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> For so long, I, I'm like, why does do we? Why does do we do not call them lift squats here in Vancouver? Come on, why? Why, why, are, why are they? Why are why they've they've farmed out all these other sponsorships? We've got we've got the the Scotia North. We've got the Honda West. We got the Discover Central, and. They they made sure that they announced when they for the Lake Tahoe games that both of them were sponsored oh. by different different companies. They haven't they haven't farmed they haven't farmed out uh, the the lift squads for for that. Come on, get on that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll 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 fight for that here. Go ahead, Graham. Uh, one thing that I found really interesting. So, uh, working with their their head uh, their head doctor, the fellow who did all the COVID protocols uh, for for the for the bubble um the oilers have been really interesting so they they've moved their film rooms um oh 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 draft question ryan Souter, jared spurgeon or devon taves Spurgeon, 100 percent. Yeah, that's what i was thinking too why is spurgeon ranked so low isha isha insists that jared spurgeon is the most underrated player in the national hockey league and he's oh, kind of my captain it's kind of big new contract too, so good and for him. Uh, and he's Evan, the only one of those three who's going to be on the first power play. So, go, oh, good call. Um, the uh, the Oilers have been really in depth with this. So what they've done is they've a split up the goalies. So uh, the goalies now have to sit at opposite ends of the locker room. McDavid and Drysital sit at opposite ends of the locker room. All of their video rooms have been split up, so they're no longer doing it in the kind of little theater. Even when they were at Nate, they were doing it in in a gymnasium that. I shit you not. When I was a Nate student, I used to call um, little person wrestling in. Oh, yes. oh my not, God. not the proudest point of my broadcast career, but it paid 20 bucks and I got a free bar tab. That's phenomenal. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see how more of these things get broken out and how, um, and, and how these, these, these players get, get kind of, separated so so you don't have a a denver broncos situation or a new orleans saints situation where yeah they had or even the cleveland browns situation Ooh, yep yep well it was only their coach they're fine yeah apparently if you play the pittsburgh steelers you don't need a coach apparently (laughs) (laughs) oh man isn't isn't that the truth yeah um oh boy uh Uh, oh kevin fiala ryan strome Ryan Strom. I think I'm going Strom because he'll be on that power play unit. Uh, man, I got a lot of I got a lot of boats. I got a lot of things in the. Actually, I only have one New York Ranger. We're okay. We're fine. Never mind. Um, so with the squad, with the lift squads, uh, was there any surprises that ended up there that you were like, oh, that's interesting. Me or everybody? For the Canucks, I was happy that the Louis Erickson got. Uh, we found a spot for Louis Erickson that makes sense. So, <laughs> and then JT Miller. <laughs> you know, Louis on the ice tomorrow. You know, no. God, he might be not not not, be. not the way, if if practice if it's, this morning's practice has anything to do with it says anything. Um, they're moving Jake Vertanen up to the top line. That's why I said it's time for J- him to show up. And then they still got uh, they still got Hoaglander. So, 
right. what's a, what's a reasonable expectation for Hoaglander? Oh, I think you're you're at the top of top of his his game. Uh, high end for this year. I think you're looking at uh, half a point per game if he hits everything. But I think he's probably going to be more in that uh, in that point three to point four points per game. Okay, so, interesting. If he if he plays all the, if he plays every game too, because I think he's going to go through ebbs and flows of a of a season. He's not he's not a start. He's not he's not the, the a top end rookie. Like you see you 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 as an Oilers fan with with Kyler Yamamoto, I think that's a something to in, in terms of like going back and forth and and everything. So interesting. Okay, because yeah. I don't know a lot about Hoaglander. I mean, my my knowledge base of the Canucks kind of prospect pool is Pod Colson who is going to crush eventually um, the, the Yulevi who's like, eh, yeah, he's a Fortnite guy. Um, and then kind of go in from there. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I look at it and it took uh, Yamamoto three years uh, to crack the, crack the lineup full time. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think it'll take Hoaglander a little, uh, little bit less. Um, but I think that uh, he'll 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 get there, but it's it's not going to be as as smooth a transition as we're all hoping. <laughs> so, so for the Flames, Leafs, and and Canucks, who is the player from the Taxi Quad that you think will make the most impactful impactful difference on the team? Uh, like I would say Brogan Rafferty on the Canucks. Uh, he was. Uh, uh, signed out of uh, college a couple years ago, uh, lit up the AHL last year. Um, a lot, of, I know a lot of people will say uh, um, Jack Rathbone, but I think he's going to end up great being, name, great yeah. name. <laughs> he's he's going to end up being uh, sent back uh, da- down to uh, Utica um, to play games. Uh, he's he's just out of Harvard, so yeah, you, you can't uh, you can't rush you can't rush him. So I think it's gonna be Brogan Rafferty because I think what what's gonna happen is they're gonna um, he'll slide in when when Hugh Levy uh, needs a needs a, a a night in the press boxes to to watch. Interesting. Uh, I don't know if I expected that. Uh, for the Flames, um, Derek Ryan. Yeah, I think that that's kind of the obvious one. I. But actually, I'm I, I'm going to throw that's that's the obvious one. But I'm going to throw a different name in there. And it was listening to Dan when we had the Fireside podcast on. He thinks Louis Domingue is going to play a lot more than people think. How was he not claimed? Wow, that blew! I was shocked to see he didn't get claimed. I was yeah, really I, surprised. And I think with the goaltending situation as is, and um, I think the need for three goalies, I would not be surprised if that is the guy that we look at and we see more than we expect. So I'm, I'm going to, the obvious, the obvious answer to that question is Derek Ryan, but I actually think I'm, I'm going to go with Louis Domingue. I'm going to go a little bit under the radar there. Louis hmm. Domingue. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think that I don't think we'll see a lot of him. I'm, I, I, I don't know. Fireside uh, is what he's smoking, but uh, <laughs> it's not the right stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as far as uh, I think Connor oh, Mackey, argument, he, he, just to hear it out his argument, his argument is is he doesn't believe David Riddich is a, has proven has not proven to be a number one. He doesn't think he's going to be a number one. Um, oh, and he thinks he's not, to be number one. He, he's not. Uh, he's he's a replacement level goaltender. That and that's that's his point. It, it's not Louis Domingue though. 
He's better than Louis Domingue, for God's sakes. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, okay, and I'm just being a shit. He's totally better than Louis Domingue. I, D- David Riddick is a guy that's going to get paid uh, as much as a goaltender can, and he is going to, I think he's going to be really disappointing. I, I think this, he had his chance to take the reins. He didn't do it. He is a good 1B option in this league. Is Honestly, he really is. I don't know. I don't know if I'm there with you yet. Okay. Oh, fuck you. You took Jonathan Drouin. Ah, bitch. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Matthew Shan and Jonathan Drouin were both sniped, and I had, I had, ah, I trusted some of the secret fantasy things. Ah, Jake DeBrusque. I should know. Jake DeBrusque, Brandon Saad, or Cam Atkinson? Cam Atkinson or DeBrusque. It's a toss up there. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to do Cam Atkinson. Yeah, he's old, but he's the only one that can score on the wing on that team. Yeah, I, I'm assuming he's going to be getting more minutes with Pasternak out at the start of the year. But yes. Probably. Um, going back to the uh, the taxi or lift squad, um, <laughs> I, I, I want to see Connor Mackey. Uh, it sounds like they're unbelievably high on him. I think he's going to get more of a shot than uh, Shillington will. Um, I mean, playing – Will like how he plays will be uh, a determining factor, obviously. But I think Connor Mackey is my kind of dark horse on that, um, on the Flames front. But on the Leafs, I I want I really want to see Nick Robertson. I want to see more of him. I love what I saw this year. Uh, he shoots. He's got a heavy fucking shot. He shoots from everywhere, um, and that takes a lot of balls. I remember watching his first shift. Literally, he was below the hash marks. And that was his first shot on that. That he just he just wanted to get an impact on uh, on the ice, and I loved it. I thought it was so ballsy. Um, but I, that, that's who I want to see more of. And I, I don't know if that he will be the major impact that uh, that the lift squad or the taxi squad will will get from uh, or for the Leafs. But yeah, Nick Robertson's on my on my list for sure. Interesting, huh? I uh, just for the back to the flames. I I don't know, Devin. I I wonder if Connie Mac, Connor Mac, would have been better off to put Connor Mack in the AHL for a season instead of the taxi squad. I think they're just waiting on Tanev to get injured. <laughs> we we all know what's going to happen. So the, the the next man up is yeah. Connor Mackey. They they are super high on this guy, and it's and I. I they have not been talking about Chillington as much as they've been talking about Connor Mackey. And from what I've heard out of um, camp and what everybody's been saying, once again, it's just, it, 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 yeah, it just pushes more towards Mackey than Chillington. And the biggest thing with that is you don't want to build up um, uh, a defensive or just any prospect too much. Uh, just ask Ben Berge. Yeah, but that's yeah. oh, I forgot about him. I remember, <laughs> man, I remember when Aginla was traded. It was like, guys, we're okay. We got Sven. We great. Yeah, yeah. You, you, I, I would love to hear Brian Burke's stories about Sven Berchi because that was not a love. That that was not a love affair. No, that was not no. a love affair in any way, shape, or form. He, yeah. he says he's a, he says he's a great human being. So that's with it. with that uh, there. Uh, there, Graham. Is it uh, for who? Who do you think on the the Oilers uh, taxi lift squad? Do you think will be? Is it Ryan McLeod? Uh, I don't know that it's Ryan McLeod, just because he hasn't played an NHL game yet. Um, I think Devin Shore very much could be someone if if they sign him and it looks like they're going to. 
Um, I'm a little sad that uh, Jujar Kara wasn't claimed. Um, I think that's a guy who's been whose story of his career has been ah he's not quite there and he's a fourth liner so nah. The Evan Bouchard I think is a really good is a really good case for one. Um, and you're missing one, man. I'm missing one. You're missing one, and Kevin and I have been trotting out his name. He was an ex Calgary oh, yeah. Flame. Yeah. Oh, go out. You know what? I can't say he's going to be on the taxi quad. Uh, oh boy, this is my last pick. Really big, really big one. Vinny Trocheck, Kirill Kaprizov, Joe Pavelski, or Jake, or Jake Jabrusk. Kaprizov. If if you're going for a dark horse, Kaprizov. But if you want somebody who's going to be decent, who's going to be on the second line, is Trocheck. It's my last one. Fuck it, we're going for it. He's the only person on Minnesota who can score. <laughs> Poor Zach Parise. God. Oh, the husk of Zach Parise. I think <laughs> I think Alex Jason's going to be on the main team. I don't think he's going to go up and down a ton because he gives that left front presence. Um, no, that's not who I was referring to. No, uh, Alan Quine. Oh, honestly, forgot he was an Oiler. Totally, <laughs> totally honest. Totally forgot. So, so that's two podcasts in a row that uh, the the three of us have talked about Alan Quine, and one of us has gone, "Oh yeah!" yeah. And you know what? I'm pretty sure I've gone on a pod and said, "You know what? I think he could be a player." <laughs> pretty sure I've done that. I mean, who knows, man? Like the taxi squad's going to be weird. I'm more excited to. I'm just. I'm. I'm so excited to see hockey happen. I'm so yes. excited. Yeah, I, yes. I. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a mess. Obviously, I would be stoked if Edmonton got in. I think we will. Um, if we don't, fuck you, write it off as a weird COVID year. So, what's your what's your down the list predictions from top to bottom of the Canadian or North or Scotia Bank stupid fucking division? The Scotch. Hey, side note about the Scotch. Oh, I hate that. I hate yep. it. <laughs> so sorry. Um, um, out. I really love how the helmet logos look for Calgary and Toronto. They look good, really crisp, really simple, not not screaming PPG. So that's nice. <laughs> um, God, you're gonna hold me to like a firm. I have to predict who's gonna win the thing, aren't you? I can't fudge. Yes. Um, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if, if you need time to think, uh, I'll, I'll go through mine first. No, here's here. Okay, here's where I'm stuck. If everything goes right, it's Calgary. If only a handful of things go wrong, that team goes from being first in the division to playoff bubble really quickly. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's Toronto by a hair. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm I am I know everyone likes Arundel. I know everyone likes Jack Campbell. Um, I'm not really sold. Arundel, not a great goalie, uh, especially playing in front of that San Jose defense. And Jack Campbell is either God mode or garbage. Like there's no in between. So that kind of worries me about about the Leafs. Um, But I still think they have the broadest ray of quality talent. So I'm going to go Leafs and then... Leafs, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver. Um, that being said, 
I think those three teams are interchangeable. They're really interchangeable. I think I think Vancouver has the highest probability of dropping off. Um, man, I just can't. I don't. I can't believe in Braden Holpe. He was great with Mitch Corn and shitty every time else. So Ian Clark, Ed, he, he turned a couple of people into players, but uh, you know, got a lot of things got to go right, and you know. Who's to say he's not going to break his hand playing guitar in the Marriott Edmonton, right? So, <laughs> singing those country songs. Um, he, he, they did. They did uh, post a picture on the Canucks Twitter, and he's carrying his guitar. Of course, they did. That's even better than Louis. Was it Louis Dubing in the pies? Yeah, uh, that's yeah. really good. So, I think Vancouver has the highest propensity to drop out of that. Um, I, I think Montreal. I, I Montreal slow. They are really slow. Like that Russian dude looks like he can be something. He's the only one other defenseman that can skate. Uh, the games, I, I, I think Montreal is built for the playoffs and they don't know that they'll get there. Um, and then you have Winnipeg who is, is Winnipeg. I mean, they maybe they might have one of the worst goalie tandems in Canada, even though their starter is a Vesna winner. Laurent Persuas is not a good goalie. And and that defense gets real dicey really quick. So um, I'm going to go Toronto, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, Montreal, Winnipeg, Ottawa. Those are some juicy playoff matchups too. God, wouldn't it be fun? Joe, <laughs> <laughs> good. I just Toronto I, media versus Vancouver media, and then just oh, oh my god. <laughs> the thing I'm more excited although is is I didn't realize this until today. They're going to reseed in the conference finals. Yeah. Why yep. don't you do that every year? That's awesome. That I is. Don't, like uh, the other major leagues I understand why you do an east west thing like because there were two leagues in all of them. So that's interesting, but it's NHL. Who gives a shit? Give me Montreal and Boston in a final somehow. Like that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. I've always wanted that in the CFL too. I think that that's been a I've wanted the reseeding in the CFL. The CFL should just be one one division. That's ding, what ding, they ding. should. Yeah. Get rid of those two divisions, play one and then the top four, the would it be the the you could still you could still do it. The top 6 teams make it. Whatever. Yeah. But yeah, top 2 teams get the bye, but uh yeah, just one division. Don't you don't need east and west. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, that's 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 where I'm at. I'll stick with it in Toronto at the top, Ottawa at the bottom, mushy middle, Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm going to go last. So I'm going to let Devin and Sean determine who goes next. I'll, I'll go next. Um, I've got, again, I've got uh, Toronto at the top. I think they're just uh, – if they've got the, the, the most depth um, – to be able to handle this, uh, whatever COVID and this whole season throws at them. Um, I don't have them there by a lot, um, but they are there. I've got Calgary in second. I, I think that uh, despite their lack of anything on the right side, their, their, their forward group is pretty good. Man, you um, hate that right side so much. I've heard it so no many times. Oh my God. There's no one there. I, it's better than you think it is, but go. Keep How it. dare you besmirch Martin Marincin? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, and then I've got Vancouver in third. Uh, I think if they, especially if they can, they can brave the, get through this um, uh, th- this deal with JT Miller. I think they're they're going to be in very good shape. 
I know, I, I know you'll 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 call Devin. You'll call uh, Canucks honk on me, but I, I really think that their their goaltending is going to be a lot better. Well, not a lot better, but it's going to be good enough to get them there. Um, it's not going to be as good as it was last year, but it's still going to be um, solid enough. Um, I think their their blue line is uh, vastly improved from last year, especially with the addition to of Travis Hominick. Um and Nate Schmidt. He's, he's not as good as you think, but Hamannick's not. But he's but it's 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 the depth. The, the one through six, I like the one through six better than, and especially being able to uh, move the puck uh, on all three pairs better than I did last year. Like last year's third pair, I did not like. You were just like, all right, just get get in there. Don't let a goal in and get off. Um, and this year, uh, whether it's Tyler Myers or Travis Hominick, who's going to be playing with Ole Hulevi on that third pair, I feel a lot more comfortable with them being able to move the puck up the ice. I thought one, at one point that that uh, Hughes was with Hamannick. And yeah, that, that's the original. That's the the current plan. Is he's going uh, to gonna, to hop into the into the Tanev role with with Hughes. And then they're going to have uh, Nate Schmidt and, and Alex Edler as your other pair. So I, I really like that. And then um, I just I do think we're going to see a different level from Adam Gaudet this year. So I know Dev, like, you can scream Canucks Homer bias whatever you want, but that's just how I see it. And I, then you, 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 hold on, I, I'm, I'm not going to call you Canucks bias. I <laughs> I think I think you're you're pretty accurate with your statement there. But um, yeah, keep going, keep going. Hamannick's just gonna make Hughes worse. I, I actually, I'm with. I, I don't like Hamannick and Hughes together at all. I think well, that's just a, you're entitled to be wrong. So, story <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then I've got, uh, I've got the Oilers in fourth. I think that uh, I said that earlier. Uh, the younger, the younger blue line, uh, I think is going to have issues this year. Um, and Koskinen being your best goaltending option is. Ugh. So I, but I still think they're going to be able to McDavid and Drysdale are going to be able to carry them into the playoffs. So then, then I've got Montreal, and like I said, we talked about this earlier. I agree with Graham in terms of, um, yeah, Nick Suzuki's great. Uh, Philip Deneau is a as a is a solid second line uh, guy, but Kukat Niemi is still a complete question mark. Um, and they're yeah they're they're deep on the on on the wings, but there's not no what no one that really screams game breaker and burner. And again, yeah, uh, the blue line solid, beefy, but against some of the faster teams that they may struggle. Can I can I dunk on Montreal really for for a sec here? I love how everyone forgot about this because he went into God mode and carried them past Pittsburgh. Uh, Carey Price was a bad goaltender last year. He was not good <laughs> by every demonstrable stat. He was shitty. It, it, if Carey Price can be that way, and and Jake Allen can can give him the 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 break that he needs, because he can't. The, the issue with Carey Price is he just was run into the ground a, a lot of it, a lot of the time. Um, then they that'll really help him. But I just don't see the 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 speed on that team to be able to keep up and the center depth to keep up with the, the big guns in, in, in this division. And then I've got Winnipeg and then Ottawa. Uh, it, 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 Winnipeg's just going to run into the, they're going to run Hellebuck into the ground. They're going to do what, what Montreal did with Carey Price the past couple of years and run them into the ground. And we did with Cam Talbot. Yep. 
That's so, and then Ottawa's like they've they've got some pieces there, like up front specifically. They've got some pieces that are really exciting. Brady Kachuk, Tim Stutzel, um, Drake Batherson, uh, really nice. And then they got Thomas Shabbat and who else is on that blue line? Is that like isn't a, a good top four defenseman? They don't have one. Uh, they have to really they have to really hope that Eric Brandstrom can can step up. Hey, I think we're also forgetting about a big point, and I'm not just saying this because I drafted him uh, 165th overall. Evgeny Dadanov is not a bad hockey player. No, well, they've got they've got uh, they've got uh, he'll, he'll, that power play will be will be tough to stop. So don't take any penalties against Ottawa. But yeah, I just I don't see the blue line at all on in Ottawa yet. They've got Jake Sanderson coming, but uh, they just they need a couple more years. No question. I, I will say, I think Cam Talbot's going to be one of the surprise free agent signings in this year. I think that he's going to be an interesting, I think he, I, I'm really interested in where Minnesota is going to end up because that is, I, I think Cam Talbot's. I, I, think, I think Minnesota's a playoff team. Yeah, I, I, got, um, I got Minnesota in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, stay locked south, though, guys. Like, <laughs> well, like, here's the thing about Cam Talbot he's a boring goalie and he fits in a boring team. Like if you don't have Cam Talbot get all frazzled, if you can let him be very methodical and watch the puck, um, he's great because he just kind of he doesn't catch the puck. He just kind of moves in front of it, which is I mean that's dumb. That's how goalies well, are. But <laughs> that's all you have to do. <laughs> Minnesota is the perfect team for Cam Talbot. I'm shocked he got that deal, but he's the perfect team for Cam Talbot. Yeah, yeah. Old dad. Um, <laughs> All right, so uh, obviously, you, you, okay, you can call me biased. I've Toronto first, Calgary second. Um, the the third spot is is there's a couple teams that could uh, you know slide their way in, but I do have Vancouver uh, sliding into that third spot. Um, the fourth spot, uh, once again, it's a toss up. Uh, more so, uh, more so than going into the third. I when it, to in my mind. Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Montreal are all question marks. Will Edmonton's uh, defense be good enough this year? Uh, how how the hell are they going to stop pucks um, more on on good days and bad days when the team in front of them is not playing well? Um, Winnipeg, their defense isn't the best, but I, they're they're criminally underrated. They truly are. Um, Dylan DeMello is a great solid defenseman. Josh Morrissey, very underrated. Neil Pionk was uh, one of Pionk. the best, one of the best defensemen that no that anybody didn't talk about. It, 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 his stats phenomenal. He hits everything in sight. He's great on the power play, and it's it, he's he's a great player. So Do I I'm, say it? better than what? Rasmus Anderson. No, no. <laughs> Overall, overall, his defensive game needs work. Rasmus Anderson's defensive game is better, and I'd as a defenseman, you need to have good defense. I'm saying that overall, um, Winnipeg is, is underrated on the defensive side. Um, so, and then uh, Montreal is a question mark too. Josh Anderson, where, where, how is he going to play? Um, especially with that big contract, uh, he hasn't really proven himself at all. Uh, Tim Stutzla, I'm, I, I hope he makes the team. Uh, or sorry, that's Ottawa. Um, I'm thinking uh, Nick Suzuki. I hope that he he can take a step. Um, 
And I, I think that the defense, the top four defense is, is good on, in Montreal. I, I love Joel Edmondson. He's, he's a shot blocker. He's good in his defensive zone. Um, and he, he has a Stanley Cup ring to, to, uh, to go to back his status in that room. Yeah, so did uh, Andrew Ference. I was about to say, are we? Are you an Oilers fan who just like look at look at look at the the, the Stanley Cup rings oh we have? Oh my god! Uh, it's 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 hey, not. Hey, a, it's, hey, go fuck yourself! I haven't done that once. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, to 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 appease uh, the Oilers fan right there, uh, Jeff Petrie when he played for uh, oh, he god. didn't get enough support uh, when he played in Edmonton. Um, he has come and he is uh, once again an underrated player. Uh, ben Sherratt, I, I love Ben Sherratt. I think he is a phenomenal top two defenseman or a top pairing defenseman. And him beside Shea Weber, I, you know, they, they'll do well. And yeah, Carey Price, he had an off year, but I still believe that he has the potential. He, he still has the abilities to be a good goaltender. Everybody can have an off year. So don't, don't, um, you know, don't shrug off the Montreal Canadiens. So all of them are kind of mixed together, and then you have Ottawa at the end. Um, so it uh, once again, I think Ottawa will surprise people at the beginning of the year, the first third of the year. Ottawa will be decent, and I don't think they'll be last in the in the division. But near the end, uh, you know, the veteran status of every other team will take over, and um, it'll be a learning curve uh, for for the young uh, pesky. Ottawa Senators. All right, Kevin, before you go, I've got my chaos predictions. Can I throw those in and see how close I was to you? No. <laughs> I want to go first. <laughs> in your chaos predictions. Because um, I feel like you're disrespecting me with this chaos and you think that I'm... <laughs> so I'm I'm going with... I ha- I'm going with Toronto first. I think that... this uh, First of all, this team, this division is flawed all over the place. So, I, I, I oh, think every, everyone's like a little bit broken. Yeah, everyone's a little bit broken. But what I, I'm saying that Toronto's the most complete team of the flawed teams. Um, they've just got the the most talent up and down. I think it's hard. It's hard to argue that. That based on that, I, it's hard to pick against Toronto. Um. I've made a number of changes when I originally had some conversations. So this is where I may throw some chaos into this. Um, I think that there's a couple of things that I think people are forgetting. Uh, the best coach in this division is Paul Maurice. You're going Winnipeg number two? Yep, I am. <laughs> I, 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 listen, listen. Before. I don't want to crack on you for being the guy that was around in 88, but like – Hang you on. know Dave Harchuk's dead, right? Well, let's talk. <laughs> no, is he dead? He Who is. Dead. Up? There Rest we go. Thank you. Dale Harchuk, one of my favorite hockey players of all time, has passed away. And one of the guy that influenced and brought up Mark Shifley into this league. And I think that there's some a lot of motivation in Winnipeg to be a lot better than people think. Um, I think they are going to surprise some people. I think they're going to get off to a good start. I think the end may be a bit different, but I think they have enough that I'm going to throw them into second. I wouldn't be surprised if they're third, but I'm going to throw them into second. I have Calgary third, and the reason I have Calgary third is is they've made some good moves, but I don't know if I can, like in terms of talent, yeah, Toronto and Calgary are the two most talented teams in this division. But the question that I have about what? 
Whoa, Kev. Whoa, Kev. Whoa. Hey, Hulk, let me talk, damn it. No, I'm going to be incredulous and hold this moment until you're done. Wait, wait, got to adjust the butt. Okay, good. Okay. I just don't know if I trust Calgary fully in terms of, of everything, but I don't understand why people are laughing. You, you said that the two the two most talented teams are Toronto and Calgary. Throughout, I, I, Kev, I agree with you. Uh, throughout the lineup, they are more talented A to B. A to B. They are. They don't have as big of a gap of McDavid, Dreisaitl to there. They don't. But that doesn't. Hey, hey. He's in front of the net, and RDF <laughs> loves him. Yeah. <laughs> Number four, I, I have Vancouver fourth. Um, I think they make the playoffs. I think their goaltending is better than people think. Uh, I don't like Hamannick and Hughes, but I do like Nick Schmidt. I think that that was a really good signing. And I think Pedersen is going to be one of the big revelations in Canada this year. I think people are going to start really loving him. Um, and Bull Horvat took a huge step in the playoffs. I think he makes that step. The bottom six is a concern, but Travis Green is a great coach, and I think Vancouver does enough to make the playoffs. Great coach on sign still. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Just like Rob Brindamore. There's, the there's a few really good coaches that are going into their final Wait, year. Rob Brindamore is unsigned? Yeah. They, they're, what? Yeah. Oh, man. He's just going to bench press that contract until they <laughs> give it to him. Yeah. He's probably going to, like, he's probably going to wa- walk in and just, like, <laughs> he probably doesn't need, they just, just he's going to walk in and just sign a check. And then uh, five, I've got the Oilers. I just, I, I can't trust that goaltending. I can't trust the defense enough to, for them to get into the playoffs. Six, I have Montreal. Um, I actually can make a legitimate argument that they finish seventh because I, I there's a lot of concerns there. The one thing we did not talk about, we've talked about this enough, but that's Josh Anderson signing. Yeah, what a garbage signing that is. What are you doing? Ridiculous. To me, like I you just, give him a two-year deal and see if he can do it, and then you give him that deal. Yeah, what are you doing, Tyler Toffoli on the left side? I uh, just that doesn't sit well with me. The center depth doesn't work, um, and I think Carey Price might take another step back. And God love the Shane from the Sens Hour who thinks that the the Ottawa Senators were going to make a playoff push. I just don't see it. I just I think they have pieces. I think there's things to get hopeful about, but I, I just don't see them getting any further than the basement. So, And interestingly enough, do you know who Elliot Friedman picked to win this conference? Uh, the, 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 like the, the, the division, you mean? The division? Yeah. Probably yeah. Montreal. He picked Winnipeg. All right, well, I and mean, it, his, his, his brain clearly got pulled out by his beard, <laughs> and it just, like, sucked it through. Usually, you know, I I respect the opinion opinion of oh, Elliot. I'm I'm a hundred percent being a shithead. Like I love Elliot; he's great. Yeah. Well, and that was part of why I said I think that they're going to finish a little higher, and that's why I'm I'm I I can't put them first, but I do think second is is a possibility. Here's here's why I really got to push back on the Calgary being the most kind of talented. Oh boy, well, so many things to unpack. Um, Calgary has a lot of really good things for it, but but Calgary. And this is where I kind of struggle with them in, in their current roster construction. Cause like that Tanev contract and that Markstrom contract are going to be shit in about three years. 
That's fine. That's the future's problem. Let's look at this year right now when you want to get the most out of them. Um, you have Mark Giordano who, buddy, he was bad in the playoffs. Oh boy, was he a not good hockey player. And at some point, 37 years old, the wheels fall off and you are relying on him so much. He's still on those upper power play units. He's still playing high up in the lineup. He got he got toasted by a couple players last year. Go. What, what What's your thought? Anderson's going to be on that first power play. Yeah. It, 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 that, that's what's happening. But I, keep going. Keep going. All right. All right. Okay. So I'll take that part back. But you're still relying on Mark Giordano a lot for for a lot of numbers for a very for a player that you know you can't beat Father Time. And 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 I look at the Flames and Tom Brady. Uh. Yeah. Well, he also drinks lamb's yeah, blood. Can... Is he? Doesn't he do something weird? I don't he know. Does a lot of things weird. <laughs> My, my 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 concern with the Calgary Flames based on this year is that you don't have a first line. You have two pretty good second lines and you have one elite level talent in Matthew Kachuk. Um, I don't think Johnny Gaudreau is cooked. Uh, still a lot in the tank. Still a lot of stuff there. Maybe that'll help with sheltered minutes. Um, on what team is Elias Lindholm a first line center? There's not many that he is. Um, so... I see the Flames as a team with that that is all middle and bottom six players, with the exception of Matthew Kachuk. You know that bottom lap of the lineup is pretty good. That's real solid. There's a lot of good stuff that you can put together there. But what you're going to count on Sam Bennett to keep pushing? Dylan Dubé is a really fun, interesting hockey player. You put him on the ice with Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monahan. I'll be honest, that's a line that's going to get pushed around. They're not a the, the, Sean Monahan's not really a physical player uh, in, in a way that he he could be. So I, I look at the Flames and I don't know who's going to score for them aside from Matthew Kachuk and yeah, Johnny Gaudreau a little bit. So in a division where it's going to be a shootout most of the time, where does that scoring come from? So that's they don't have a game breaking talent aside from Matthew Kachuk. And when Matthew Kachuk's not there, the team is. Uh, uh, this is really shitty and hot takey, but it's the first and best word comes to mind. Without Matthew Kachuk, they're kind of a feckless team. The Oilers honk. Good Lord. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I, I, I've gone through this as well. I, I I don't. I think they've got two first-line talents. I think they've got Goudreau and, 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 and Kachuk. Okay. But, they're both, but they're both on the left side. Yeah. And yeah. you've got three second-line centers in Monaghan, Lindholm, and Backlund. Totally, hundred percent. And then on the right side, depending on how you play it out, whether they are they moving Magipani over, uh, is is he going to be? Is he has he turned into a second line winger? They don't have a top line right winger, that's for sure. Um, they've got what they've got Magipani who could be a, like he's got he, the way he played at the end of last year. He was a second line yeah, winger, but he's also a natural. He's a, also a natural left winger. And he's a left shot. So when you've got Dominic Simone taking reps on the right side of both those lines, you got Josh Levo taking the the reps on the right side on those lines. It's you, you, just you're outdated with those. You're outdated with those. Yeah, like, just saying. And Dylan Dubé taking taking reps. I said taking reps. Like they 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 rotated through them. They, they rotated them. through them for sure. Yeah, yeah. But, but. Um, it just. It leaves me wanting more, right? As Graham said, Dylan Dylan Dubé, fun player. I think he's he's better suited as a third liner. Um, 
Magipani, like I said, I think it looks like he's a second second liner, but he's he's a natural left winger. So you've got a lot, and both and Dubé's not not a not a right not not a natural right winger either. So you've got I think players you're putting too much out. stock in that man. I think you're putting way too much stock in the right shot, right handed side. No, it's it's it, 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 yeah, when, you when, are. When, when, Excuse on, me, in my, in my NHL 21 teams, I play all players on their offhand for the most appropriate one timer ability. <laughs> In in a in a, in a season in a division where it's pretty damn close, those little details are going to matter. I don't think they'll matter as much as you think they will, dude. Like if you, if you're a good player, if you're a good enough player, you can play on both sides. Yes, and it's a bit awkward, and that's, and that's what I'm saying. I don't think they're there, and that's that where I'm level. saying you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're Good entitled Lord. to be wrong, Jeff. That's all right. No, you're talking about Andrew Mangiapane, who scored 17 goals. None of them were on the power play. Zero. Zero were them <laughs> on the power play. Dylan Dubé. Shut up. Just shut up. No, I'm talking. Ooh, shut your face. I like this. I like it. Dylan Dubé, is a, a, he will play with Michael Backlund, with Josh Levo. That is my prediction. You'll have Andrew Mangiapane with... Uh, Kachuk and Lindholm, and then you'll have Dominic Simone with Monaghan and Goudreau to start the year. The amount of good things that Dominic Simone uh, has done uh, with Sidney Crosby says a lot. He's able to dig out uh, – Graham was talking about somebody to dig out the puck for uh, Mc, uh, McDavid and um, – Dry sidle and Dominic Simone is good to dig out the puck. Uh, Dylan Dubé, he will uh, he will take a step this year. If he doesn't, it's going to be disappointing. And he'll be a good third liner. He is solid in his defensive zone. And having Michael Backlund and Josh Levo, you're, you're not giving enough credit to Josh Levo. Um, I think that he I will be play all of last year. He's a great third line player. I exactly exactly my point. He's a great third line player. Um, this is right wing on the top six. Oh my god, okay, enough from you. Enough from you. We know that the right side you hate it. What else, yeah, you got nothing else, okay, enough. So, (laughs) and then if you go down to the defensive pairings, this is the deepest defense that we've had in decades, honestly. Mark Giordano, except for Gio, who's old as balls. Yes. Except for that Russian guy, no one's ever heard of, and except for Chris Tanev, who was who was who was except for Chris Tanev, who was carried by Jack Hughes all last year. Nesterov and, and no, the wrong Tanev, the right Tanev, and the right Hughes. <laughs> Fuck off! You know what I mean? <laughs> Listen, we got we got Jack Hughes over here. Jack <laughs> Hughes over there. Tanev over here. Nesterov, he was uh, he was the captain of our uh, team Russia. Um, back in the last Olympics, he has, he has out, he has been an amazing talent in the preseason and everybody has glowing reviews about him. Yusuf Valimaki, yes, we don't know much about him. Yes, he has to prove himself, but he is projected to be a top line player going forward. Noah Hannafin, he's still 23. He needs to take a step this year. Yes, fine. Take a step this year. Chris Tanev, he'll get hurt. Marchandano, he probably won't be the same player that he was, but this is still the the deepest defense that Calgary has had. And I I, I just have a hard time when people people, Sean Holmesmith, putting 
down the the flames and saying that they they don't have talent and they don't have they, like it's just it's 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 ridiculous. No, they, they, they have, they have they a lot of they're they, they're a lot of talent. There's just like I don't I don't know if there's uh as as much of it at a high echelon that we want there that we want there to be. You know, you have Johnny, you have two players, two cornerstone players who all off season was like, well, no, maybe they'll get traded. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe we should trade them. Maybe we wouldn't. And I, I really, I, I that that as a culture fit really worries me. Well, okay. Can I? I'll say stuff now. Can I say stuff? Absolutely. Uh, please. I, I, what I mean, like, let me what, jump in here. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not saying that Toronto and Calgary are the two most talented teams in the league. I said that Toronto and Calgary are the two most talented teams in of seven in this division. You're still wrong. That's that's we heard you. And I we heard you. Mute you. Yes, <laughs> mute him. Yeah, tell him to shut up. He needs to hear that every once in a while. Good God. <laughs> um, I what I think the Flames have as an advantage over everywhere else is they do. Is it top line talent? I don't know, but they do have the combinations. They got the Lindholm Kachuk combination. They got the Monahan Goodrow combination. It sounds like. It looks like from last night, Backlund and Dubé are going to be a combination, and then Bennett and and then they have the other combination with Bennett and whoever. So I I don't think it's as concerning to me. Actually, it looks like it's going to be Backlund Majapani. That's what it looked like from last night. So it's not concerning to me that they don't have that upper 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 echelon talent because I think that they have the ability to score in the middle ends enough to make it to make themselves competitive. But at the same time, I think that the, there are weak, there's, there's weaknesses on this Flames team that do concern me. What if Markstrom gets hurt? I don't know if I trust Riddick. Um, I think trust Riddick, Riddick for, like, for like 10 games at the start of the year, and then when he gets excitable, then you pull that shit and you get him off well, the ice. When he what? wins the shootout against the Oilers, he flips his stick. Ah, bench so him. You bench him. That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> we lost, but he was terrible after that, and that was nice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, defense injuries concern me a little bit with Tanov and Geo for sure. And but the biggest concern for me and why I can't put the Flames at second is I don't trust Jeff Ward. I I, I don't. Ooh, I'll disagree on that one. Fully disagree. I I think Jeff Ward's a strong point for this hockey team. I I don't. I I I think he was. I think he was hired partially because. It was an easy hire for the Flames to make, it, it because of because they don't spend money on coaches. They just simply don't. He was there. Um, this is COVID, um, but I like I, I don't like when I put Kim against a Travis Green or a Dave Tippett or a Paul Maurice. I don't I don't have him in I don't have him ahead of any of those. What, what, and what then, about a coaching style don't you like? Because it's not about comparing them against the other coaches. It's about him getting the best out of his team. Yeah. Okay, so he threw out really the playoffs. Fair. He threw out Milan Lucic more than uh, he threw some fourth line players out more than he did against the than the number one line players in Dallas and in that overtime game. Some of his line line deployment decisions, I'm just like I scratch my I do, I've, I have to admit I've scratched my head. I think I think that happens to a lot of coaches though. Like yeah. you look at, I mean, Dave. God, I think uh, you look at Dave Tippett. He's had over his time as Oilers head coach two major coaching moves uh, that you could describe as deadly. 
Uh, one of them being to start Mike Smith because he quote unquote had a gut feeling. Uh, and the other being that with eight minutes left in the series in a must win game, uh, that is the only moment where you put the the best performing statistical line in the NHL back together. That those are two. I will say coaches make dumb decisions, and 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 especially new coaches make dumb decisions. But especially coming off of the of the fucking nightmare of a time it was uh, after Bill Peters when you as an organization feel like you have to trot out your only player of color to kind of explain what it was like to coach with Bill Peter or to be coached by Bill Peters. Um, Jeff Ward is a guy who has, who's been in the room for a long time, who has that kind of uh, players first type of, of mindset. Uh, I don't think that can really be, be understated and a, he was cheap. That's, that's a really big fair one. Murray Edwards has got a lot of money in oil uh, and the economy. Um, I think having a consistent voice, especially when you've had so many major moves again and again and again, from Hartley to Gullets and to Peters to trading Hamilton to doing all this stuff. And I think Jeff Ward's okay for, for some stability. Yeah. Okay. But I, I still, I don't, I just don't know if in terms of even, and we don't talk enough in the NHL about coaching staff. That's fair. That's really fair. That's where, that's just one of my concerns with the flames. That's why I, I I can't put him first, and I, I and then it's just there's some good things, but there's ultimately some concerns with the Flames that I'm like I I don't know like is Markstrom is going to be great, but Markstrom's also been hurt for two years in a row. Tanev Tanev will be great, but Tanev has also been hurt. Geo has been great, but Geo has also taken a step back. So that that's that's what this, this is my problem with the Flames that I can't put them. Se- that's why I can't put them second is I can't trust them to be in second. And then sometimes talent doesn't it's just pure talent doesn't always win. It's in a shorter tough. season. That's where I I think it's going to be. It's going to be top end talent is going to to shine through uh, a lot more than in an eighty two game season. Yeah, I think adversity. I think dealing with adversity is going to shine through. But that's what I that's that's sort of I guess where you and I disagree. Well, Isn't it fun we're talking about hockey and not like return to play protocols. Oh my god, so cool! All right, this so is so Kevin, great. What was, your, your top four was was Toronto, Winnipeg, Calgary, Vancouver. Yeah. Okay. Sean's okay with it because Vancouver was in there. I was going to say you're fine yeah. with it just because Edmonton's not in the playoffs. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I just went out and just like, what would be the most fun, most ridiculous, it, pure entertainment for hockey as a whole uh, in terms of storylines, playoff matchups and everything? I did the my uh, um, my chaos predictions. And what I have is in the north, I've got Vancouver winning it, Toronto second, Montreal third, Calgary fourth. And, my, and then Edmonton missing just because, well, that's just the chef's kiss on those those uh, playoff matchups. Toronto Montreal, like we haven't seen the Toronto Montreal playoff in a couple lifetimes. <laughs> Not in my lifetime. Yeah, Not exactly. Right. They say it hasn't happened. I, I don't think it's happened since uh, <laughs> since expansion. Yeah. So uh, that would be amazing. Then you got 19, Vancouver, nineteen seventy nine. 
Okay, just after expansion. <laughs> um, and then you've got uh, the you know, you got Vancouver. Um, what I have it, I had, uh, and then you have Vancouver, Calgary, and Van- with Vancouver's fan base and Vancouver Twitter just roaring into the playoffs after winning the division. Oh boy. <laughs> See, and 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 I again I'm, I will say Oilers horn I think the most interesting exciting playoff kind of rundown however you want to score up the teams who who gives a shit but if you get a a first round of Edmonton Toronto Matthews versus McDavid awesome and then Calgary Vancouver and then whoever wins over that is is awesome because if you have Edmonton coming over to Toronto you have the Edmonton hopeful Calgary matchup, which, which is just too cool for a conference final. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think Montreal really needs to be there to be honest. Again, I'm biased Western Canadian born in Stony Plain, Alberta. So I, I definitely have like prairie colored glasses here, but Toronto, Montreal, I, I don't, even those games haven't been super fiery. It feels more like a fan rivalry than a team rivalry. Where with, with Calgary, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, those are team and fan rivalries, which I think went out over. Oh, and it's a good night here on Hockey Night in Canada. The boys coming right off the pond and heading into the NHL. Like me, yeah. Well, I just want to see that just for for me, and I think just the Toronto, like Toronto, Montreal media, you'd have. It would it would reignite that that uh, that uh, rivalry, I think, especially I, I, after year after this. Oh yeah, I will throw in one chaos prediction um, uh, that has nothing to do with standings. After this season, the next year, and potentially the year after that, the Canadian division will remain. Oh, maybe. And NHL needs money. There's no better way to print money than running a bunch of names in Canada. The only, yeah, but the only there's there's just one if if the borders open, which is is a factor here. Um, you've got Seattle, Vancouver that you finally get to to. Oh, and you still and you still have them play for sure. Like they'll still have those games. But if you want to juice every single dollar you can in when you're throwing logos on helmets and and whatever, you leave the Canadian division for another year and just let those teams print those hockey night in Canada tickets for Calgary, Vancouver for the next three years. But they wouldn't be, play, they wouldn't be playing the same, uh, same amount of games. Um, oh, no, be, no. It'd be it, missing it, it, Toronto, Boston, which is, which is printing, printing money. You'd be print. Uh, you'd be missing. Well, you can kind of offset that though, by, by kind of refocusing that, Hey, Boston, Chicago, two Oh six teams. You can, you can almost really, you rejig the schedule and have it be a little bit more regional. You may be who the fucking Nashville is going to a predators flames game. Like a couple of people that fly down from Calgary, you know, take that game that would have been flames predators and instead do pred St. Louis, boom, more money for both those teams. And you can have one Canadian matchup still like still play all the other teams, but just rejig the schedule to have, have local markets have the best draw possible. Cause I mean, we're only a few years away from Jersey's advertising. Uh, so if we can stave off that by more local gate, when the, when the, when the NHL revenue is 65% gate. That, that reminds me, what a new rivalry are you looking forward to? Because we're going to have a bunch of new ones around the NHL. Oh, um... it's not a new one, but uh, the Columbus um, 
uh, Tampa Bay. That one's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that one's growing year by year. Tampa Bay, Bay Dallas. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go Ottawa Calgary. Because I think the Kachuk part is fine, whatever. But there's enough heavyweights on both the teams that you're going to have Tanev dusting up with Brown. You're going to have maybe the two Chucks will go at it. Would be very funny. I, I think there's enough kind of heavy, heavy, heavy play there uh, that can make that can make those games more interesting and punchy. Um, mostly punchy, but you know, honestly, probably the two heaviest teams. Ottawa and Montreal just punch it out. That'll be fun. I could see Kachuk uh, go after Lucic. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? That'd be so cool. That'd be a good throwdown. Um, Brady's a big dude. He's six three, <laughs> and he's uh, fast. Yeah. Um, the Canadian one that I a Canadian one I think Edmonton and Toronto will be a, will be a rivalry. Will be a new so, rivalry. So many goals. Fuck defense. So many goals. <laughs> I think Simmons will keep spreading rumors that Connor McDavid is coming to Toronto, and then Oilers Twitter is going to lash out at him. And hey, hey, C- Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews are going to go to Arizona in five years. Mm-hmm. There, yeah. Um, but the the American one I'm looking forward to is Vegas, Colorado. Yes, Ooh. yeah, that's going to be so good. That's fantastic. God. I'm actually, you know what? I am, I am excited more so. I think for uh, for a, for a San Jose, uh, a San Jose Vegas, because I think there's still a lot of anger from a couple years ago. Yeah, I actually did the the chaos predictions for the whole all all four divisions, and I've got uh, one versus four is Vegas uh, San Jose. And... I think San Jose's biggest issue was injuries last year. Um, you know, their goaltending is statistically the worst in hockey. So that might be a problem. Maybe. Well, I, I think they, they're going to find a way with, uh, with Dubnik and, and, uh, and Jones. And, and that, that last spot is wide open in that division oh, anyway. No question. For so, sure. um, and then Colorado St. Louis, I just think that would be a, a, a fun, a fun one. Uh, McKinnon versus O'Reilly. You've got uh, McCarr versus, uh, I keep wanting to say uh, uh, Petr Angelo, no, but uh, you got Krug, uh, McCarr versus Krug. Um, and then in the central, uh, I went with uh, Tampa Tampa versus Dallas. Uh, let's let's have the the reigning champion and the runner-up meet in the first round this year. That'd be hilarious. I don't think Dallas is going to make the playoffs. <sighs> I don't see it. Yeah, after what's happened now, but like I said, this is just pure chaos for oh, no, no, COVID, COVID aside, like Tyler Sagan's uh, has two yeah. limbs left. Yeah, <laughs> it's he, he he's done until I think mid March, uh, coming off a hip surgery. Yeah, that's that one's tough. I I'll throw my one like big kind of chaos prediction in. Boston misses the playoffs. I've got that as well. I've got that as well. I don't think Boston. Oh well, uh, fuck my chaos. It's my. <laughs> My peer pressure prediction. I, I, I didn't have that, Graham. Yeah. I didn't have that. Yeah, oh. fuck you, Devin. <laughs> uh, in that in in that division uh, uh, in the essential, I've got Carolina Columbus. I just think that that would be a fun matchup. What's with what's left, um, and then um, I've got uh, Philly Philly face facing Pittsburgh. Philly winning the division. 
so you can have the Battle of Pennsylvania again, and then um, the 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 Trots Bowl again. Uh, Islanders Washington. I don't yeah I don't see Boston making it. I think with because um, they've got uh, Marchand's uh, injured, uh, Pasternak's not coming is injured out for a bit as well. Uh, they've completely new basically a completely new blue line. Uh, it's going to be tough in that division too. My bold prediction is is Carolina or Columbus will defeat Tampa in the playoffs. Tampa Bay is not going to win the cup. That's a bold. I like that one. It's off the board. I mean, the trendy, uh, like the trendy Stanley Cup final prediction, is still um, is is still um, uh, Colorado Tampa. Like that's the trendy final, um, which I don't think is crazy. Uh, but man. I, th- I think this could. I think this could be Washington's year. I think. I think there's something with Washington. Um, you know, Justin Schultz is still really is still a really quality player. Samsonov is a great young goalie, and and you got Big Z there to kind of like stabilize things a little bit more. Plus John Carlson, plus all this stuff up front. I really, really, really like what they have going on in Washington. And uh, as much as this pains me to say it, I think the I, I there's a possibility that it could be the Leafs possibility i i think it's i think it could be colorado philadelphia if i think philly yeah i don't think philly's getting enough love right now and i I, yeah i i think if the leafs are going to do it it's going to be this year it would have to be Um, this year although i still don't understand joe thornton on the first line fuck off that's that's just it's going to be here and there it's going to (laughs) be it's not it's not full-time it's not full-time let's put it that way but you know what I think the best one of the best way to, ways to start tomorrow is Philadelphia, um, uh, Pittsburgh. I think that's that's a, that's gonna be a three o'clock Mountain start time. I can't fucking wait. Oh, oh man, I've already pre-recorded my class for tomorrow. It is it is up for my student. My students can watch it once my office hours are over. I am stapled to the couch. Yeah, as soon as my as soon as my marketing class is over, I'm like as soon as he says we're done. I'm out. <laughs> as soon as I wake up, I'm not moving from the couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some of us have to get up at five in the morning. So, yeah. um, just to, to roll it back to the coaches, uh, the other coaches are still waiting for deals uh, other than uh, Travis Green, uh, John Totorella, Rob Brindamore, Rick Tockett, and Jeff Blaschel. That's a good, yeah. good group. Yeah, Jeff Blash. You know, if Brindaboard doesn't sign in Carolina, I wonder that's that's another one that I could see. Yeah, I think literally this is just a wait. Everyone's like, you look at who who's doing it. It's uh, you've got uh, Carolina. Their their new owners very um, money like smart money wise in terms of trying to. Cut can back. You, can, you, can you say that someone is smart money wise when they bought the AF, AAFL? <laughs> Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay, but they're like the way they've handled the Hurricanes, though, that they've been very, yeah, very, very, very dull. Um, Columbus, uh, you got Arizona, right? With with Tockett, you've got uh, there. Well, it's Arizona. It's always a, you always have to watch your money there. Um. And uh, so, and then Detroit as well. You've got uh, it. Detroit's Detroit. There, it, it's coming back, but it's still still not uh, not a 
not a, not a boom town of any sort. Not, not anyone, any places these days. But uh, Detroit needs that coach. That's like the coach before they get the coach that gets them good. They need the Todd McClellan, right, to kind mm-hmm. of hold them over for a little bit, and then now they'll be good after this. Yeah, and because it was a J- Jeremy Carlton signed for two years and just now, but uh, yeah, I, I think the the the, the big. The big three out of that are uh, Tortorella, Green, and Brindamore. Uh, just well, I'll throw Talkit in there. I think those four are the the are are very very well thought of as coaches. And, coach. Yeah, good coach. It's, he's just in a terrible situation. Yeah. So I think they're all kind of waiting for one one of those to dominoes to fall, and then they can force the other their their ownership to go. Well, this guy got that. Right, so hundred percent. That's a really fair call. It's a really fair call. I, I honestly wonder if even anyone gets fired this year. I yeah. really, really wonder because there's so many weird things. They're just like, eh, let's just ride it out. Yeah, it's fine. And then we're having our assistant coach for the next two weeks, while our other coach has a two week, co- our new coach has a two week <laughs> quarantine to come in. Yep. Yep. The one I could see is the one I could see is Claude Julian. Because they have Kirk Muller there, I could see that one. And they did bet they they survived without Julian. Where does Gerard Gallant live? <laughs> Where is his home? Which usually is- he's a oh, East Coast guy. Uh, yeah, Summerside PEI. So you know what, man, maybe. That's very possible. Or he just waits out and waits for Seattle to give him a call as the uh, as the expansion team whisperer. Who knows? Yeah. Or how about this for theater? San Jose replaces Bugner with Gallant. Oh God, I forgot Bob Bugner was the coach. Ugh. It's ringing endorsement. I, can we just stop? Like it's so. It makes me laugh because it's so fucked up and so funny. That when Gerard Gallant got fired, Florida didn't even was they didn't even get him a taxi. They just threw him out on the side of the road and said, "Here, get your own." Yep. Like what? Classy. Dale, uh, Dale Talon at his best. Yeah, yeah. That dude's that dude's something. Man, I want Florida to be good, and they just won't be. Oh, yeah, they they have everything set up to be good too. And you know, even this like how you have Devin Levi. And Spencer Knight and the World Junior Final, and you have you you signed the a goalie for so much money. Oh, Bobrovsky's going to win the Vesna this year, though. He is garbage, and he's Vesna. Garbage, Vesna. He's like the rule about every other Star Trek movie being good. It's just a fact. And he he won the Vesna in the last shortened season too. That's true. Hey, if they get in the playoffs somehow, some way, Bobrovsky with the Vesna, and they have a good coach. Oh, Coach Q. He's There's a shelf life on coaches like that. But um, anyway, man, the guys, this is so much fun. I freaking yeah. love getting to do podcasts with you. It's so like, and we always like, oh my God, it's been three hours, but it's always like, like oh, that's by. Two, two and a half. Two, I, I don't think, have we ever been two and a half hours? This oh, is the longest yeah. one. Yeah, no, this, this is the longest one, man. <laughs> I feel like if Heidi was on, he she'd be like, "What, the, what are you doing?" I already got a text saying this uh, this podcast is going really long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. 
man. All right. Well, yeah, I remember we were just like we're still we're still just meandering our way through the Oilers preview, and it was like an hour in. I'm like, well, yeah, this will be a two plus. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. I go on tangents. Tangents happen. All right. It's, it's, it's all good. good. We need to. We, we have a podcast of tangents, so it's fine. Ah, it's so good. Well, it's always an utter joy to be on with uh, with you, dorks, and 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 yell about hockey and look incredulous at one another. It's great. I I yell, love. They'll shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that that I need I de- I need to find that clip. I'll get that clip and and put it. I'm making a uh, 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 like an uh, an intro with uh, with our theme song with uh, all these different clips over over top, and I'll have to definitely have to get shut up, shut up, shut up in there. <laughs> that needs just to be a drop. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I should have that in my sound cues. Actually, beautiful. <laughs> okay. Oh man. So what are the what are the others YYC? What's the what's the schedule going to be like? Uh, our schedule's a little wonky right now because uh, all of us had life happen at the exact same time. So uh, for the most part, we are going to attempt to record uh, on Tuesday evenings. Uh, some days that may change; other days will not. We are going to go back to a once a week schedule uh, with the odd if one game is crazy or if something happens, we'll do a quick breakdown pod. Uh, but we will be back to once a week. So if you want to find us um, and hear our, our, our wonderfully biased Oilers opinions, um, you can find us wherever good podcasts are sold, which is nowhere because they're free. <laughs> yes. Love that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and how do we follow everyone else? Uh, I am Beardy Connect 3 on Twitter. I am. <laughs> I'm hey, going <laughs> Typical Sean. Fuck, shut up. <laughs> I am Gordhouse09 on Twitter. Uh, at Graham Moseman. There's a lot of vowels and things. It's on there. I'm around. The opposite of Martin Furk. <laughs> that is how I'm off the script. How do you describe Graham? Eh, he's like Nega Martin Furk. Fine. <laughs> My slap shot, two miles an hour. <laughs> nice. I'm at a good four. Uh, ID is high to maze balls. Uh, Schneids, S C H N E I D Z, T Noble, T N O B L E, Mittens Nation, Noble Nation, K E V O L E, Podcast underscore hockey, Facebook.com, YouTube.com, Spreaker.com, wherever fine podcasts are sold, which again, they are not. And thank you for putting up with us for two hours and 41 minutes now. Cut, cut the tape. And guess what? We're it's on. <laughs> Fuck off. <Come> on. <laughs> Fuck off. We'll see you all soon. <laughs> After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.